Yep. Confirmation on the live front. What's up? What's up? What's up? Spencer. There's Aaron. This Happy is, Tuesday, everyone. It's Fat Tuesday, AV. Fat Tuesday. It's Fat Tuesday. Wait, let me fix my... Everyone fix joining us uh, in a place where they celebrate Mardi Gras. Maybe you're yeah. down in New Orleans. Maybe... Uh, Question for you, because like me, you are also not a local, a born and bred Michiganer. Do you know what a punchki is? I do. Did you know about that before you moved here? Yes. Uh, I did not know that. Okay. We don't have punchkis where I'm from. Apparently. They have them in Chicago. Ah. Must be a Midwest thing. Yeah. Not an East Coast thing. Anyway, happy Fat Tuesday, everyone. Uh, it's time for Men's Thing Alive. We got David Green here to start us off. And um, two, and a, two and a half hours to hang out. And talk about whatever we want to talk about. So smash the like. Here we go. This is Ben Zinga Live. Spencer Israel and producer AB. What's up, everybody? How are we doing? Someone told me buy high, sell higher. Let's get Matt Hammond on the show. Talk to my POs. Jake Wujasic from Trend Spider. We have a breaking news. All right, let's bring on our first guest of the day. It is a man masquerading as David Green. I'm not quite sure what's going on here uh, with, with the hair. David. Yo. Cancel it. Yo. Limited for now. What's up, guys? What's up? Uh, <laughs> this, is, this is what the market does to you. How, can we confirm this is actually you or not? Yeah. Not you're like evil David, twin? Yeah, David's twin. David's brother. evil twin? <laughs> Bizarro my, David Green? Everyone in my room said, Dave, you just have to leave it the way it is. Go on. This is what it is. It's natural. The market's uh, been crazy lately, and I'm trying. I'm trying to. I'm aspiring to be Pete. <laughs> is, is this an indicator for uh, how wild a few days it's been for you? Yes, you, that's the whole point. The, the, yes. the messy hair indicator. <laughs> yes. All right. Is that bullish or bearish? I, that, that, that's my it's, other question. It's, it's it's trade. That's all. It's trade. It's trade. You're doing anything but that these days. It's crazy. Did we just miss SE by thirteen cents too? Oh my goodness! What's what setting up for us? Let's, market, let's go ahead and share your screen, David. What, what's, wow, we got it. Up. Oh, well, you know, got we got it. it. We, we uh, got it. We got it. What? What are you watching? So you're watching oh, SE? I canceled it. Yeah, we're watching SE. We just had an order right here. Okay. Twenty-seven seventy-five after going down fourteen dollars, and we missed it by thirteen cents, and it just went up a dollar twenty. You son of a beeswax. Here's our order. We just missed it, and it went straight up a dollar, so we'll cancel now. Limited has been on our mind for the last couple of days, right? Anyone get the trend in Limited, guys? I think we just missed that, too. 451.25, it missed by a penny or so. So Limited, we were looking to actually start a little swing trade today. DG in the house. Something's different with David. <laughs> yeah, something is different, that's for sure. Can't quite put my hair on it. Uh, we got bedhead. So we were looking at limited guys, and I'll show you. I know this stock is going up with uh, everything that's going on in Russia, right? Adam, I didn't do any trades. I don't know what you what you're doing. I did nothing. Told you guys to cancel. I did nothing. All right. So here's limited guys, right? Fifty five points. Okay. Above the. Uh, hold on one sec, guys. What were we in, Adam? I don't know what you're talking about. What were we in? AMD? Yeah, I'm not sure what you're talking about. Because I canceled it. I should should, 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 we, be, should okay. we be shorting your barber or what? <laughs> <laughs> we 
Well, I usually only go like once every six months anyway to my bar. Yeah. But. Yeah. All right. all right. So let's talk about limited guys. Yeah. Um, okay. Far from moving average trade. Uh, for a swing trade. Yes. Okay. This is uh, okay. 50, 54 points above the moving average. Um, and these things are all going crazy because of what's going on in Russia, right? This is a defense contractor. So today's the first day, guys. This stock got to about an 82 RSI. Okay, guys, don't do any trades when I'm not doing anything, please. <laughs> All right. Um, this got to an 80 RSI. So today was what? What's the matter, guys? You want me to go put a hat on? Hold on. No, no, no. It's just I, I had no idea that it was going to be you were going to be in this fast of a market. No, no, no. Don't put the hat on, please. Keep. Right. No, no, no. I just wanted to. I just had no idea that you're in this fast of a market. Yes, the, the, everything's flying the, around. The today, market, so. the markets kind of took a downturn right when you as soon came as we on came with the on. hair. As so anyway, as limited, limited guys in the stock. I'm going to start a little swing trade, and we just think it's getting a little ridiculous overpriced here. We understand what's going on in Russia and all that, but I think we're going to have a, some kind of resolution at some point. And this thing is just—it's not earnings, it's not anything else. It's all because of what's going on in Russia, and it's getting. Uh, really really stretched out so you're betting against world war three here i like that correct i, I am. like that yes i, I actually think yeah. options is a good way to play this too so but yeah, we're betting against world war three for a trade anyway yeah as soon as we came on guys the market just took a big dipsy doodle holy mackerel look at this yeah mr market does not like the new hair wow no it's good for us when the market oh, got yeah, that's that's like that's um all right Hold on, everyone. Is the, was there a catalyst here? I mean, that's that's a, that's, a, just, that's a pretty yeah. that's a pretty broad based move there, and that's a pretty big, sizable move. If I pull up, you know, a chart of the spy, that's a that is a, that's a not a nothing candle. So no, that's a huge five minute candle. We got some support um, coming in here, guys. Though at like four thirty fifty, if we can. Yeah, people are buying the dip. The spiders right away. Yeah, I ain't buying the dip yet. Um, guys, let's put a little bit out in the spiders at 430.50. If we spike down there, we'll do it with a tight stop. Good if we get a quick spike. So we're looking to buy a little spiders here on this big dipsy doodle down here, guys. We have a uh, pivot point down at 430.50. You know, we're straight down 400 points. We'll see if we get a little bounce on that. But we'll keep everything very tight now at stops because there is something going on. Yeah, um, I'm, tr I'm, I'm trying to find it as we speak. So limited. Yeah, look at limited now. Limited's getting a little spike down now. So limited, guys. So yeah, let's go out and lose number in limited. In spiders, guys, just a fifty cent stop we can have. Keep it tight. Yeah, so you're shorting. You're shorting Lockheed Martin here. Well, we were already. We started a little earlier today. Now we're looking to buy some back here. If we pull back to our thirty minute EMA, right around four forty eight, that would be down six bucks from where we just were. Everything's starting to come in pretty good now. So now in limited to buy a little bit and that is our 30 minute ema for a trend for a 30 minute trend that would be down six bucks so we're going to put a little order out to buy limited now on a nice pullback for 48.30 so it's doing what we kind of thought it would do now it got really stretched out now we're getting a nice little pullback so we'll cover some of our swing and we'll get long there 50 shares of limited guys half a lot and we'll give it a dollar stop so two orders out right now. We got the spiders. If we continue this little pullback here, let's see what we're doing. 
Now we're kind of going sideways a little bit here now, spiders. So here's here's something that's very, very important when we're doing uh, day trading, right? Yeah, the chart is blurry. I don't know why. It must be on your your guys. Uh, ch hey, check here. If your charts are blurry, go to YouTube. So go to that little settings gear on the, the bottom right there. Make sure you're on the, the, the highest uh, settings. Resolution. The 1080p or whatever. Whatever it is you've got. Cool. This is not uh, a nothing candle. Holy cow. What is it? Yeah, but you I'm see how we're getting a little bounce here now, Spence? Yeah, yeah. I'm seeing that. I'm seeing that, but... So this is why if we spiked right down to where we were bidding, that would have been a nice little trade for a trade anyway. Yeah. You know, so because we didn't get down there now, we'll cancel and we'll see what the next move is. But I listen, I guaranteed, guys, if we spike down there, we'd be getting the same little bounce that we're getting now and it would have been a nice little trade. So I don't know. This might not be news. This is just normal now, guys. This is just normal trading every day that we get. It's nothing out of the usual. We've seen thousand point uh, moves in the market several in times in the last uh, what three weeks. So yeah. I, I really oh. don't know, Lil. AMD. Yeah, look at the chip stocks. Chip stocks are getting absolutely decimated right now. Gosh, this is so interesting because it's it's the Thursday, Friday, and Monday. We're basically identical days, David. Right, the futures markets open lower, and at nine thirty comes around, and everything trades higher. Tech right. trades higher. Yep. And this is sort of the unwinding of that. Not, I'm not, I'm. Let's, let's not get ahead of ourselves here. Just because we're down today doesn't. We're not undoing the progress. Of, we're not un, undoing the gains of the last three days, but not uh, yet. Not yet, but this is shaping up to be a. This is a noticeably different day than yesterday. Whether you want to look at your your QQQs or your ARKK or whatever, yesterday was all about solar, right? All those solar stocks, they're up a little bit today, up a little bit, but yeah, this is not the, the same. Energy trade still on. Chevron's still up. Th uh, I mean, three percent. I I gotta admit, I'm totally baffled here on the energy, the oil yeah, stuff. Look at the, oil. The, the U.S. Mean, is. The U.S. is releasing their res is releasing reserves. I, I I know oil hit its highest point in eight years this morning, but yes, we're still doing limited, Adam. Four forty eight thirty. Yeah, look at oil. I mean, just spiked up to one hundred and six here. So look, guys, you know what's going on right now. This is this is definitely some Russia fear. That's what's going on right now. Look at all the commodities. Look at oil. I mean, that's exactly what's going on. And and this is what we look for, Spence. Like you just said, we're releasing reserves, right? Yeah. So what what is the real reason for oil to be spiking up like this? So I look at that as an opportunity. And if we get really stretched out to the upside, we're going to look to start shorting a little oil. That's the bottom line. Because, you know, technically, again, we're getting really stretched out in this. Yeah, you know, I want, I want to look at AMD because like, you were saying where are we from a, a few days ago, right? So AMD's at 116. If we just go back, guys, when it got really bad, AMD traded at 103, right? So, like you just said, Spence, we're not giving back a lot of it yet, but you know, we're starting to now. We're definitely starting to. Yeah. AMD, so guys. I'm sorry. AMD oh. for a trade, guys. 115.20, full trade in AMD. Because I was just starting to to come to terms with the idea that I was wrong to to not want to take any short-term longs right right here. and um, But now I'm thinking, I don't know if I'm wrong. I don't know what I don't know. So, yeah. Um, Oh, God. This has been, guys, a trader's market.
really. I don't think you can have an opinion for more than one or two days. It's just very difficult in, in the environment yeah. that we're in. Long term, is everything going to be okay? I'm, of course it will. This this too will pass, right? All right, so guys, in limited, here's what we're going to do. All right, because we got a couple of pivot points. Kind of, I'm sorry, guys, for going in and out here, but we got no, no. We got like four forty eight thirty. Yeah, we like and it. Four forty eight thirty and four forty seven seventy. Okay, so let's go very small in, in this thing. Four forty eight thirty. See, even the strong now, right? Because limited was really strong all day. Even that one's starting to come in now. But guys, four forty eight thirty and four forty four eighty. We'll do a little bits here. Vixie's ripping. All right, let's take a look. You know, I always like short and Vixie whenever the market goes down because that thing never stays up too long. Four forty four. 70. All right. We are good and limited. Leave those orders out. We are good in AMD. If we keep getting the spike of back down here. Uh, okay. All right, guys, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no. I mean, I, I'm just. Well, I just, I, you, you were talking about before how this has just been a trader's market, and I agree. And I, I don't know. I would hate to go like overnight short into positions right now because then any good news on the Russia-Ukraine front and your shorts are wiped out. And then all of a sudden you're upset that there were, there's talks of a ceasefire de-escalation over there. No, I want to be, that's what I want to be rooting for. Yeah, that's what we all want to be yeah, rooting for. Yeah. I put in the wrong price. Oh yeah, 440, 7.30. Okay guys, hold on one second. 440, 7.30, got it. And even as a trader in this market, you gotta be Jack, be nimble, Jack, be quick. Yeah, I, yeah. 100%. I got it, guys. 447.70. Sorry. Okay, good. Got it. You know, when we see the market just getting absolutely crushed like this, it, it, it's time to not buy anything maybe short term, right? Let's just uh, go down to the limited to the uh, to the pivot point, guys. Okay. Sometimes the best trades, guys and girls, are no trades. And when the market's doing crazy shit like this, sometimes it's best to just sit back and do nothing. Yeah, I, I mean, this is so you, opposite. You, you sound perplexed. Well, I, I'm. I yes, I am. I'm. I'm. I'm sitting here looking at a bunch of different things, trying to, trying to understand what exactly is different about today that was that was not true yesterday or the day before or the day before. Um, and I maybe that's my first mistake is trying to understand it. Rather than just taking it for what for at face value, which I should be doing, part of it I can't yeah. help myself. But the market that we're in, we just have to react rather than try to figure out what's going on. Yeah, so I, I'm really, I'm really just trying to make sure it's a little bit tr tricky up here because look at the spies have, guy. We're getting crushed. I, now. I only have my one screen here, but I'm I'm just trying to keep a you know get a handle on on the movements here and what the different sectors are doing and. And, well, uh, everything's coming in right now. There's no, uh, we ain't playing any favorites right now. The whole market's coming in pretty good here right now. So, so I wonder if that'll be if that if this will be good news though for you know your Lockheeds, your Chevrons, your stocks that have been doing well. If people are trying to find whatever out there is strength, or if if everyone's just selling everything, not buying anything. Right now, they're throwing a the baby out with the bathwater. That's exactly okay. <laughs> so, so no one's looking for the strength right now. No, you can't. I mean, look what Limited just did, right? We got stopped out on that trade because it ripped right through everything. I mean, the, the short. So swing should we get some? Really, should we really get some good. quick quick puts? All right, 
I, no, I think I think it's I a little bit late for that. Books now. Yeah, um, definitely late for that. I wow, IWM now two, down two percent. Spy now down one and a half percent. So what's what's dragging it? I mean, everything just sort of turned here. So what's what what's holding up is um, other my good friend Walter line, Bloomberg. Yes. Your, your, your energy is a story here. I mean, energy and I guess real estate is holding up here. But all right, good, Drew. No, I don't see anything that's holding. Let's look at the financials. See what's going on with them. JP Morgan, Goldman Sachs. I mean, this is just a crusher yeah, across yeah, the board. Yeah, Jesus. It is a crusher across the board right now. So there is nothing holding up. What's AMD doing? AMD's kind of hanging right now. Yeah, Adam, if you're at max, you got just don't do anything anymore, okay? I think we're going to get a bounce somewhere around here, guys. Yeah, exactly. I think we're just getting a little bit oversold here now, guys and girls. Let's see if the spiders bounce a little bit from here. I think they're going to. Where does our limited do now? Yeah, limited's trying to bounce back above the 30-minute. Well, nothing's really setting up for a trade. I can tell you that. Everything's kind of just sitting in the middle now. Yeah, and, and everyone who's trying to look for like you know specific, um, you know, like trying to think about their stocks, you know, in a vacuum, don't don't do that, right? Like everything is going to move together here. Like someone in the chat just asked us about Vertiv, VR. Yeah, Umar asked about VRTV. I mean, I'll bring up the chart here. I don't I'll know. There's, the, there was probably news today. Oh, yeah, they had earnings. So there, were, there was news today. Cool. But look what happened. Look what just happened in the last 15 minutes, 20 minutes, right? Uh, well, no, last, last hour, more or less. Uh, so it's moving yeah, it's now. $7, but it was. Right. Right. So I'm saying, like, we are still at the mercy of the next headline. So in this case, it appears that the headline was what? Some, some that came out of Russia that they're threatening highly specific strikes. I thought they, I thought that was known. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess there's still been a, a negative reaction oh, to the fact that they're wow. taking Kiev or, or trying to take wow. Kiev. So I, 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 I just thought saw, that was what I just saw this unrelated to what we're talking about, but I just saw that GM sold their Lordstown motor stake. Oh, wow. Here's the bottom line, guys. Sorry. Okay. This is the time to be sitting on our hands. Let things settle out. You know, if we go to the spies, right? Let's just go to the spies now, okay? Let's see where we are. Daily, we're in a we're a mess. All right. We pushed right against resistance on that big rally, guys. When we went from here to 439, that was resistance, right? So now we're sitting at 430. And there's there's just nothing here. Weekly, our first support, which we busted through a couple of times, is 423. So this is the time that you have to look and see if we get any far from moving average trade setting up in any of the stocks that we're looking at. You know, if we look at the limited, again, and this is going to happen too. You know, it went way below it. Now it's kind of holding that level and it bounced back up. This is where we look for things to, you know, spies. Again, we're in, we're in the middle. We have no RSI in the spiders. Here's the bottom line. You don't try to figure out what the hell is going on now. You just look for trades to set up. Um, just getting here. What's the deal with David's hair? This is what my hair always looks like. This is a, oh, 
<laughs> I know, Kenny. It's very, very frustrating, right? But what we how, how much of a spot oh. did you have there, right? I mean, it held our thirty minute EMA, and now it's up a dollar twenty from there. So I think we're going to get a little bounce in everything from here right now. Anyone who thinks they can tell us what this market is going to do from day to day, uh, -uh. it just doesn't work right now. Right, Tesla had a beautiful move off its lows, and now we're kind of just giving back a little bit. Tesla went down to what? I mean, the whole market looked like this. Seven hundred Tesla was, and it's now eight hundred and sixty-three dollars. Crazy. Palantir is holding up. Palantir is holding up at twelve bucks. I don't think you have. Uh, you know, Palantir is probably okay to hold a little bit here long term now. Any Spencer, are you in this Palantir? No, no. I am not either. We, it's one of our most like asked about stocks from the, it is. the audience, though. You know why? Because Sorry. didn't Kathy no. Wood get out of her entire position in this? Yeah, yes. she did. Yeah, so that was probably a good time to buy it right after she announced that. <laughs> Yeah, there actually was the argument that okay, now that selling pressure is is gone, and maybe the stock can run from here. But exactly, that's the theory anyway. Exactly. We'll so, Ken, you want to change the whole thing that we do and use the ATR for stops? Is that what you're saying? Check, check, check. Make sure y'all can hear me. All right, I banged my desk and dislodged my microphone. Well, no, I don't want you to change what you do. If it's something that we should all put into place, we'll do it. Uh, we're a team here. No, right. I'm not in Palantir to answer your question, Dave. All right, good. Uh, I'm looking at I, so I, far. I, I was. I was in it for a, for a swing. Got out right when it should hit the fan. All right, Luke. That's good. Um, SoFi, I'm looking if we get to 10 or lower, guys. I will start a, a little trade in SoFi again. I'm not in anything right now. Yeah, I like it 10 and lower in SoFi, but it's going to take a long time for that thing to get going again, I think. I don't listen to the prophets of doom in the 80s. People are doing nuclear drills. Guys, look, the bottom line is, you know, when this all settles in, yeah, we're going to be fine. It's just how much damage is going to come between now and then. That, that's the whole thing, right? Everything that's ever happened in our history has passed. We know that, right? But... Again, to me, the only thing you can do in this market right now is trade. You can't have even a one or a two day time horizon because when you do that, you know, it, it's a recipe for disaster, in my opinion, anyway. Jets is down 5% airlines. All right. Yeah. So, what are they going to start talking about now? That people aren't going to want to fly anymore because they're afraid to fly? Is that what the next thing's going to be? Or, or the theories that with uh, oil prices rising, that airlines are going to have you know, more price. expenses. Yeah. Then they just make the tickets more expensive. I don't know. We'll see. You know, interestingly enough, though, crypto is Crypto's holding been great, up, right? I yeah. think holding up here. I mean, it's had a little turn now, but it's been. Well, I wouldn't know because my. Crypto charts are having a seizure right now, but all right, um, let, let, let's take a look. Look at this chart. Okay, everybody thank you. in the room. Thank you. Look at this chart and look at exactly the resistance that it hit on our 200 EMA. This is today, guys, right? It exactly went to whatever this is 45,071. And look at it exactly hit that 
and it could not get above that, and we've gone 2000, down 2,000 points from here. I mean, the technical analysis, even in Bitcoin, and don't lie, look what happened the first time we went up here. Smackdown. Second time we went up there. Smackdown. But it has been better than most everything else that is going on in the market. And, you know, everybody was calling for this thing to go back to 19 or 20,000, and I don't see that happening anytime soon in Bitcoin. But it does respond to the technicals just like everything else does. We have enough oil in America. Yeah, I agree with that too. But look, guys, we are getting absolutely crushed in the Spider-Mans now. So here's what we'll look for in spiders, guys. Okay. Right now we have a 27 RSI, which is low for the SPYs. But if we get around 20, that'll be a spot to start buying a little bit of this for a trade. And let's see if we have any support anywhere on any other chart. 15, we got nothing. 30, we got nothing. One hour. Now, nah, we're in Noah's land. So the only way we can trade this now is if we get to a, what we call a far from moving average trade and it gets really spiked down far away from the closest moving average and the relative strength gets down to about 20. That's a spot that we were still looking at. Guys in the room, is anything else happening? You see anything else setting up? How's uh, Limited looking? Down. Limited held the trends, basically. All right. So if you look at Limited, it basically held that 30-minute uh, trend line. Okay. It went down a little bit below it. And now we're kind of just sitting in the middle of everything. So, you know, if we break this 30 at 448.60, maybe we can get down to 443. And if we get back above the two trend lines here, 450.55, we'll probably start heading up. Again, this was a little longer term one that we looked at because of the relative strength and how stretched out it yeah, was. Yeah, it just got a little extended. Right. Yeah, when, when something's 55 points above the moving average and you have an 80 relative strength, and actually it's like 83 here. You can expect the spot to pull back over the next uh, day or so. And it started to happen today. Ethereum? What's E-H-T-H? E-H-T-H. Uh, no, E-H-T-H is a stock. Yeah, I don't know what that is. Yeah, that's E-Health. Yeah, that's, e that's, that's, oh, boy. Yeah, whenever that truck gets brought up, it's always a... Uh, <laughs> not, not a fun a conversation? Great, not a great one to wow. bring up. This is down yeah. from $80. Here, let's let's just take a look at at what at what's doing in, in a lot of the uh, earnings stocks here. So Zoom, let's take a look. Had, Zoom had earnings overnight. Oh, what a pop off the open! Who was tra who's chasing Zoom up? Yeah, look at this. Right, nine thirty. We were at one twenty six. We spiked up ten dollars after the opening. But then you know you know actually part of me doesn't blame them because that's the market that we've been in for the last three days. I I. I can't blame you for chasing Zoom up there because, especially, Zoom's been, a, Zoom been had a really good. Zoom's had a great run for the last three days. Right, and, you know, some people were expecting down from five hundred and sixty dollars to get a nice pop out of that, right? So I, I don't blame them for chasing it up this morning either. Yeah, yeah, four hundred and fifty points or whatever it is. Well, yeah, yeah. So you think it's going to recover a little bit of it, and boom, here you are. It's down eleven dollars from there. All right. I mean, uh, the queues are still getting smacked. Interesting that retail, well, Target's holding up and Kohl's is not at all. Kohl's is wow. giving Target back. Target had earnings, right? Yeah, so did Kohl's. Kohl's now gave back all its earnings gains uh, here, just about. Target is holding up very nicely today. Uh, what about uh, even that one's nine bucks off its highs, though. Target. Wow. At the I moment. Mean, beggars can't be choosers, David. No, I hear you. I hear you. Look at Kohl's. <laughs> Kohl's is giving every bit of it up. Yeah. And it looks like it's heading even further down, right? Yeah. 
again, yeah. as a trader, this is a time to just be sitting on your hands right now. I mean, oh, there, there, there is nothing technically telling us to do anything right now. Wait, hey, Christopher, I, I'll have you know that I went to Coles on fr on Saturday or Sunday, one of those days, whatever, and I was there for probably 45 minutes, but I, I didn't buy anything, so maybe that's the point. Uh, what, everyone's going window shopping in Coles now? I mean, I went trying to buy some new shoes, and I ended up uh, not buying anything because they didn't really have a lot, but uh, what else, what else, what else? Oh, you know what? Let's talk about a couple of levels in the spiders as far as the yes, daily. Yes, let's do that. Daily is concerned, right? While well, we're sitting here and not doing anything. So we'll go. We have to go to the weekly chart. And the first big support is going to be around that 423 now. That's going to be our first big support. If we get below that, we can see new lows again. Um, I don't think we're getting to this level, guys, but 354 would be about a 30% pullback from the high. And that would be a spot that I'd be a big investor back in everything again. I mean, that's a long way from here. But look, I'm looking at my weekly chart. That's the technicals. I what level was that again? 354. I mean, oh boy. Um, yeah. 354. <laughs> that's a long. I'm going by my technicals. That is our weekly support level on the spiders. That would be down about 20, 26, David, 30% David. from the What? Give it us some better news. 354? In the spy, yep. The that's last the time level. we David, were... that's yeah. that's that's like that's like seventy points. That's like eighty points away. Correct. I mean, we were there in let's say right here. So we were there in November of two thousand twenty. It's not that awful. It's almost a little more than a year. <laughs> it's later. two years, David. <laughs> do you have any level that's a more relevant than that? I mean, three fifty four. Nope. I got nothing. That's more relevant. Wait, so so what does that mean? To be clear, does that mean you're buying above at any point above 354? No, that means I'll be look, I haven't been in the market for a while. I'll be back into the market with everything I got if we get down to the 354 level. That, right. that's what it means to me. All right. All right. Look, guys, anything is possible in this market. I mean, you know, last week everyone was calling for 400 in the spies, all the experts on uh whatever they were uh when is the last time we were at 354? November 2020. November of 2020. November 2020? Holy yep. moly. All right. I mean, that's an awful long ways away. Well, did anyone ever think we'd be at 218 when the pandemic hit? Because that's no, I mean, where we cer were. Certainly not. And look, well, I, there's I, a lot I, of crap I, going on now. Right? I, no, I, I, I understand it. Um, Guys, I'm not saying it's going to get there. I pray to God that it doesn't, right? We all have... That's just his level. Come on, guys. That's, That's just his level. Level. I'm not telling you guys it's going to get there, okay? But if it does get there, you heard it here first. <laughs> check, check, check. No, I'm not shorting everything, guys. No, I'm a trader. What about? Okay, okay. So, so we've been talking about how this market's been for check. traders. That you got to be in and out. You can't be, you know, holding, looking at stuff on even a, a one or two day time horizon. So, how would you, you know, because because we're not going to be have the pleasure of having you with us all day. When you leave us, how are you going to play this the rest of the day? If we get a bounce on SPY, are you going to look to short that? Or are you going to look to play that long? I mean, what, what what are you going to be looking at to determine your outlook for the rest of the day? Yeah, I will definitely be looking to short the spiders on a trend, okay? So we're sitting right here around 429.50, right? Showed us it wants to be in a downtrend. So if we rally up to some of our trend lines above where we are in the spiders right now, I will be looking to short for, for the rest of today anyway. And again, the, the only time I'll buy spiders is if we get a really big spike down, we get the relative strength around 20, and then I will buy it for a trade, right? And again, you know what? 
I could change my mind 20 minutes from now, but right now everything is setting up in a downtrend. Everything that we're looking. Yeah, at. I mean, we haven't we haven't gotten even close to a bounce the last Correct. hour. It's just right. been moving straight down. Look at AMD. Look at Nvidia. Right, it hasn't even been attempt for an bounce since we got on. Literally, although they haven't been they haven't been free falling. They they've they've seemed to have slowed the bleeding somewhat. The pace has slowed. Yes. The pace but has slowed. The tourniquet. The tourniquet is on right now. It still does not look good in any way. But we've seen this in the markets, too, over the last three weeks, right? We've seen when they've looked at the day we opened down 1,100 points, guys. Did anyone think that the market was going to close up that day? We closed. We were open down 1,100 points, right? And the market closed up that day. That was, if we look at the spies, that was what we call capitulation. And that was a morning where... We were buying a lot of stuff when this happened. This day, so we still and we don't have a specific day. news headline. I, that, I, that's what I've been doing for the last half hour, Aaron. Because I, I see, I see from Walter Bloomberg, <laughs> Ukraine Foreign Ministry says Russian attack on Kiev TV tower was near. Uh, like I don't, it just sounds like Russia invading. More, it's more Kiev. of the same. It's yeah, more of the that same. We knew that was happening. Yeah. Right? But, yes. But, but guys, have we needed any kind of news to have all this that's happened in the last? I don't know, go back ten days, right? It, it, uh, okay. We haven't had so, anything specific other than what's going on already. The market just cannot stand uncertainty, right? You can tell us that we're going to war with Russia and we're moving in and the market will probably right. still go up from there. Okay, Nobody so, has any clue what's going on right now. Let's let's talk about like let's play let's play out the scenario a little bit. So let's just play out the scenario of what happens if the last half hour is really just a sign of more to come. And the market decides, oh yeah, we I don't know why we went up for three straight days, but we're not gonna do that anymore. So let's let's play that out here. You, you have all these tech stocks that have rallied in the last three days. All the QQQs, right? Kathy Wood, ARKK, Thanks. whatever. Tesla's everything. everything. Yeah, yes. look at look at Asana's green today, by the way. Okay, so. um, yeah, you know why? Because in <laughs> some because someone CEO is buying the whole company back. Um, let's so let's play this out now. You, okay. You've got a situation where you've had your people maybe sitting on some gains in the last three days. How do you approach this, David? Let's say you're 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 let's say you're you're in you're long on one of these. I don't know any EV stock that's rallied hard in the last three days. What do you do here? Well, first of all, we're not. But second, give me a stock and let's talk about okay, it. Okay, fine. Tesla. Tesla. Let's talk Tesla. about Tesla. Tesla. All right. So let's say you're caught in Tesla, right? You bought it wherever it was. I don't know. Uh, are you losing money in it? Let's talk about that. Are you? Did you grab it, you know, up here at the 860 or whatever it is, the 830, the 840? Uh, the, the, again, the bottom line is we know, we don't know, but you could see that whenever Tesla has these extreme moves down, you're going to get a big giant bounce on it. So my advice would be if you're in Tesla, you buy every time you see one of these things happen, you cost average into the stock, and then you're going to see right. these giant moves up in it. That's just the way it's going to be. I, I, I meant, for, okay, but what about anyone who's in this thing for a trade? Like what if you're in Tesla from, from Thursday or Wednesday? Well, you're not. You're an idiot if you're in Tesla from Wednesday <laughs> Thursday. You're up money. Sold. You're up money. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying. How do you not? If you're in Tesla from anywhere down here at 727, 37, All right, 40, maybe I picked it by 860, you're an idiot. And then if it goes back down to 700, you deserve whatever you get. That's what trading <laughs> is, right? If you were yeah, lucky right. enough, 
and here's the game that's set up beautifully for Tesla. We're already down four days in a row. All right. I, I have a better example. I have a better example. Okay. I'm sorry. Uh, can you pull up CCJ? Yep. This is a, a uranium play. Okay. Huge rally since Thursday. Yep. Okay. Okay. So yeah. now what? Now you're down, you're, you're, you're your first red day in in five in four days now. Uh, is so far at least uh, days days young. Um, again, for someone who's long CCJ, wh- maybe for not, not for a long term thing. What what what's the level here? What's the, what's the stop? What's the play? All right, where where are you long? That's the whole thing, Spence. It's a twenty dollar stop. Playing out a hypothetical scenario. I am right. not long. Let's yet. say we jumped in the stock when it first broke out at twenty two dollars. Right. Yeah. Right here. Yes. You yes. Great. A breakout trade. Beautiful. Love it. Right. Perfect. There's a Love breakout it. trade. This is a twenty dollars stock. Okay. When you make two dollars on a twenty dollars stock, you're out. You're done, and that's it. Here's the thing: you can't expect this stock to keep going. A twenty dollars stock to have one day, two day, three days, and keep going up from that. It just doesn't happen. So if I'm in a twenty dollars and I make ten percent on the trade. I'm done. I look for a pullback now. Maybe it pulls back to the same levels where I got in, and I get back into the trade. Okay, beautiful. So any of these beautiful. stocks that we're looking at when they have a three-day thing like this, I mean, look at limited. Okay? It's doing yeah. the same thing right now. This is day one. This is day two. This is day three. We got the RSI. It's just not going to keep going like that. And, you know, we're $7 off the higher end. It's the same thing. In a $20 stock, that's gone up $3. It's the same exact thing. If you're a trader and you get in these things at good prices, like a Tesla or whatever it is, it's silly not to take profits in these things. Look, if the market get crushed again, right? Why can't Tesla go back to 700 again? Great. What's, what's something like... Well, Let's get back in. What's something like Apple's RSI right now? I mean, we just saw Lockheed's above 80. I'd venture to say Apple's is at like 30, 35. On a daily? Yeah, it's 40. 40? But again, look at Apple here, guys. This was the trade. It set up for us. This set up for a swing trade. Down one day, down two days, down three days, down four days. The fifth day, it hit a support level on our 200 EMA at 153. It made a low of 152. Here's your trade. It went up 15 points in three days. There's your trade. And we had a technical reason to get in it after being down five days and hit our 200 EMA on a daily chart. Right? And it gave you a 10-point trade in two days. This is what we look for. But to think you're going to buy it here and then stay in it until it goes back to new highs, if you're a trader, that's not what traders do. We bought it on support. You sell it on resistance. There's your nice, beautiful trade. So are you, are you, Ken? Would you be interested in Apple if it bounces back down to that previous support level? Nope, because chances are if something hits the same support level twice, it's going to go through it. And Got we it. have a weekly in this down at the 144 level, which is where, again, I'm a bit buyer in Apple if we ever get down to the 144 level. If the market gets bad enough, Apple's going to 144, okay? The market would have to be substantially lower from here. But look at the technical, guys. And again, everything I do is based on technicals. Mm-hmm. It went down from 180 to 150, and it held the technical level. Perfect. Okay? Now, if we go from where we are to 144, there'll be a very good chance, a 90% chance, and everything we do is about the odds, that it's going to bounce off that level, certainly for a trade. For Apple to get to 103, guys, okay, the spiders are going to have to hit that 350 level that I talked about. Is it impossible? No, it's not impossible. It can hit that if the market gets bad enough. 
would that be a great place to pile into Apple for a long-term invested? You bet your ass it will be. The one thing I've learned after doing this for 35 years, guys, is that anything can happen at any time. And I'm not smart enough to know when a stock is going to stop going up or stop going down. I'm just not. I use my technical analysis when it tells me to get into the trades. If the trades don't work, I get out of the trades with stop words. That's it. If I'm looking to get into something on long term, I'll go to a daily and a weekly chart and I'll start picking at it when those charts tell me to pick at. And in companies that I believe in, that I know are going to be around for a long time. And that's how I go about my business. That's it. You know, awesome. look at the spies now. If, if at any point you thought these spiders were going to bounce, you were wrong, right? Any point you thought the spiders were, it's just not a trade, guys. It's not a trade. If we get the relative strength down a little bit more, maybe we can get a far from moving average trade and we'll get a little relief bounce. Okay. What are you guys trading? Hold on one second, guys. Aaron, we haven't even gotten to like the theme of the day microsoft i'm aware we haven't even talked about well we're gonna have to go in a second because our next guest is gonna come on in 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 two minutes here uh but fast market everyone this is what happens fast market look for technical levels get in get out take your trades move on to the next trade and don't have an opinion that's it don't have an opinion david green Coming to us live from. I'll fix my hair for last time. Next time. I no, kind of like say it. I like. I'm gonna go with I like it. Um, <laughs> so it was just unexpected, but I do. I dig it. I dig it, David. I got you at the uh, beginning, right? Yeah, you did get me. I was like, is that? That's not David. It can't be. <laughs> David Green joins us every Tuesday. David, always a pleasure, man. Have a good one. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. All right. Wow, fast market, everyone. Holy moly, what is happening out there? Um. I'm keeping an eye on the commodities, Aaron. By the way, we should mention that every commodity under the sun is green today. Somebody find me a commodity that's not green today. Orange juice. I don't know what the symbol is for orange juice. Coffee. (laughs) And also, we don't have orange juice futures in pro. Coffee? Green. Um, Wheat. Wheat, wheat, very green. Um, I don't got to ask oil. I know that's green. Uh, every commodity is up. It's uh, onions. Does onions still trade? Yeah, you can look at onions futures. Yeah, I don't know what the ticker is for that either. So I don't know what the ticker is for any of these commodities, honestly. But natty gas up for five oh, percent. Gold, metals, gold, silver, crude. Obviously, you guys know that. Um, corn, wheat. I mean, I just I brought up a broad based ETF here, but uh, on the screen, but. I mean, oh, commodities is the place to hide. I don't know. This is moving so quickly. I don't know. It's moving so fast. Thank you, Shelly. Shelly says cattle, OJ, and cocoa were not green today. Ha! I knew OJ. Okay. I don't know what this I don't even know how to find orange juice quotes. Okay? On, I'm sure I could find them on Thicker Swim, but uh, I don't have that open right now, so I'm not going to do that. Um, all right, let, let, let's stick with this subject, though. Well, not the commodities, but more so just like that. The Why commodities are up? Yeah, let's stick with the the Ukraine-Russia war situation happening here. And let, let's bring on uh, Matthew Zimmer, who is the Director of Governance Research at New Day Impact Investing. Uh, Matt is uh, interesting. It's, uh, I mean, a, a great day to have him on. An interesting uh a guy for for a few reasons, uh, one of which is that he 
is a native. He was born in Ukraine. So um, I'm sure he has thoughts uh, and, and opinions on this just from a personal standpoint. But um, Matt is, you know, you know, advises clients on on impact investing. And that word, that term, has, for a while maybe has been a bit of a loaded term, but it has a whole new meaning now. So let's give Matt our, our special intro and, and, and bring him on the show right now. Matthew Zimmer from New Day. Where's our special intro? There it is. Matthew Zimmer, welcome to the show. How are we doing? Great. Thanks for having me. I uh, I'm actually was not born in Ukraine. I was in the Peace Corps in Ukraine in '95 oh. and '97. My wife is Ukrainian. I received bad we intel. Got some of that information. Bad information, <laughs> Matt. I apologize. I That's was okay. I, I was. I'm, I'm glad to be an honorary Ukrainian. Okay, so just to be clear, you're not there now, right? No, I was over okay. there um, over the Christmas holidays for a couple of weeks oh, uh, visiting wow. my wife's family uh, before wow. uh, before it really got bad. Wow. Yeah, how were wow. things over there while you were there just a few uh, months ago? Oh, it was uh, – I that was my first time back since the uh, pandemic. So it had been a couple of years, and my wife's family lives in central Ukraine in Cherkasy. And uh, it was great. The, the stores were open. Um, didn't look like a lot of COVID lockdowns or anything like that. And uh, stores were full. People were about. It was a, It was a nice time. People weren't – too concerned at that point about uh, the invasion, even though there had already been talk about the buildup and everything. But um, right. know, we, had a great, we had a nice trip. It was uh, uneventful. It was only recently that it's really gotten bad. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about, you know, y- y- your job basically is to advise companies on, on, and, and or not so much companies, investors on, on impact investing, right? And, and, and how to do good with their money. I would love to get your thoughts on how this conflict um, and the escalation of it has changed the nature of that, has changed the nature of impact investing. Because we've seen, you know, there's there's pressure on firms like like MSCI to to take Russia out of out of their indexes. And there's all sorts of, you know, um, uh, implications here just from an impact investing point of view. Yeah, I saw that about the MSCI. I think that's uh, that's that's likely going to happen. And also, uh, Russia was taken out of uh, some of the fixed income indexes as well. I think uh, a lot of companies have said they're going to be divesting out of Russia. I saw uh, BP, Shell, Exxon. Yep. The list the list goes on. I I think a lot of companies are going to look at the reputational risk of being involved with the country that's uh, invading another sovereign country. And there's going to be a lot of uh, similar companies making the same kinds of moves. So wait, so let's talk about like, let's just say, hey, me, Spencer, I just I decided right now, I don't want to have any exposure, or let's say as little exposure to Russia as I possibly can. What sort of ways might I have exposure without realizing it? Well, Russia is, um, in, on top of being a major oil exporter, it also has a ton of uh, different uh, commodities that it produces, uh, titanium, um, neon gas for uh, computer chips. Uh, so there's a whole range of palladium for uh, catalytic converters. Um, 
wheat for food production. So to the extent that uh, companies are using those different commodities, they're impacted by the uh, war in Ukraine. So how, how would I go about trying to minimize my own exposure here you well, know, in, a, in a way that I that's possible? I don't know that you can really completely insulate yourself from the impacts of uh, global commodity markets. I heard you guys talking earlier about how commodities are all going off the roof. And to the extent those are inputs for companies, it's hard to really completely isolate yourself. As far as direct Russian investments, you have uh, Russia itself is barring people from selling securities and um, the investability of Russia itself for direct investment is basically nothing now. It's going uh, bonds. Everything is is really shut down. You can't really trade anything there. And that's adding a whole other wrinkle to this because there are people that are trading Russian based equities in the U.S. Those equities are tied to stocks in Russia that are frozen. Yeah. And it's creating this crazy situation right now where you're trading something off of that's off of a frozen market there's no true there's no fair value off a frozen market we don't know so i think oh, i think man. a number of them have been uh delisted some of the companies i saw from the london stock yeah. exchange they were taking some out and some of those uh like the uh large russian bank vtb has been under sanctions, uh, Subir Bank as well. Their largest bank is uh, is being sanctioned. I saw Subir Bank. I think was had dropped seventy percent, and uh, the European regulator said it was in likelihood of uh, failing. Can, can you maybe you can explain a little bit, Matthew? If we could just zoom out for a second, in terms of like impact investing and and as i said off top it's a bit of a loaded term because the biggest criticism of of impact or esg investing is that there's no agreed upon definition and there's no agreed upon rating or criteria for everyone um but and i know there are questions about whether it actually drives returns or not but uh in terms of the overall thesis it's hard to disagree with the idea of it as being a good thing can you explain like sort of where russia fits into the like, do you have a rating system or do you have a way that you quantify what what market or what country is or is not um, good? Yeah, we do. I, I follow a I maintain an index of country governance uh, factors and we look at an, a, a range of issues like their regulatory structures, whether they have uh, money laundering uh, problems, uh, issues with corporate governance. Um, their securities regulation, and Russia has been one of the lowest ranked countries in our index. It ranks around uh, 40 out of the countries that we monitor. So it's near the bottom of our list of, of, of countries. Who, who else is down there out of curiosity? Um, well, China is another one that, that's near the bottom. Egypt, um, some of the, you could probably guess some of the countries that would be, would be, would be down there. Well, no, well, no. That's, why, that's why I'm asking. <laughs> I, I just don't know. So China, I would assume. I wouldn't have assumed necessarily Egypt. I mean, I'd guess Saudi Arabia. Maybe Saudi Arabia. I, but like, Arabia. How, how, where do you draw the line though? Because not all these these like. What about are, the U.S.? Where does the U.S. rank on there? 
Um, the U.S. is is uh, in the top 20. Um, it, it's not at the very top, but it's it's uh, fairly well ranked for our, our index. Do, do you, are you ranking like all the countries or are you drawing um, the line at like developed like emerging markets or emerging uh, markets uh, develop the large investable countries? That's what I was wondering, because it's like it it wouldn't make sense to rank like Afghanistan. That's not like an investable <laughs> country. Right. So you, they have you know. to at least have a government to get a, get a governance right. ranking. They, there we go. So so like what, what is what is the implication of a rating like that, like like for Russia and saying, hey, they're near the bottom of, of the list. What is the implication there? Well, I think it, it really, I, when you're looking at, you talk about ESG, ESG, the, the G is governance, right? And, and so when you're thinking about uh, what your impact investing and doing well, it's good to uh, invest in countries that have good governance and that, uh, redounds to being able to uh, have predictability and be able to get your money back out again. Ah, being able to get in, but not being able to get out. Yeah. <laughs> a, a, a I think that's going to happen now with Russia. They, they made an announcement today that uh, foreign investors weren't going to be able to sell their assets. And so the reputational damage from this, even after the crisis passes on Russia is going to take a long time to uh, resolve. Are, are are there any any ways to to trade based? Do you license your index at all to to anyone? Any any providers? Any way to trade um, off this? We do have uh, some. We do have the opportunity for people to use our index if they want to invest with uh, the weightings that we have. The way we've usually done it is to take something like the MSCI index, and rather than that's a market weighted index, and instead weighted based on these governance factors um, to see to to give a, a better picture of the the true uh, value of the countries so what other factors go into that again um, well we're looking at things like uh, banking supervision their banking supervision practices their fiscal transparency um, their insolvency practices okay Okay, but is there anything outside of banking or? Well, it's mainly looking at their overall uh, banking and other other factors, but we're looking at also like corruption, whether they the, the level of corruption in the in the country. What? Well, how? How much movement is there? Like, like, how likely is it that like let's just pretend, best case scenario, conflict ceasefire today, everyone goes back to their corners. Uh, and dealing with the thought of that, what 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 are the 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 chances if that were to happen that 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 Russia you know moves up this list at all? I'm just well, wondering. I would I would say that there's a lot of fundamental factors like an, a country's regulatory structure doesn't change overnight, and so there's a lot yeah. of stability with uh, with with um, a good a good number of the factors, but uh, we do see changes over time. It's it's not it's not necessarily like something that's going to change um, hour by hour. Let's put it yeah, right sure. So, but like change what quarter by quarter or year by quarter year? Quarter by quarter is to, is how we typically look at the rebalancing. Yes. Okay. Awesome. All right, Matthew Zimmer, director of governance research at New Day Impact Investing. Matt, thanks for coming on today and uh, giving us this perspective on investing in in, in, in Russia right now because it's, it's tricky. Appreciate it. Glad to have right. the opportunity. All right. Nice. Thanks a lot, Matt.
Oh, and I cut him off. I'm sorry, Matt. That was an accident. <laughs> Uh, it's 1227, so here's the plan here. We're going to have Robert Roy from Trade Like a Boss on at 1245, and then we're also going to have uh, at 130, uh, Erez uh, Rafael, the CEO of Dario. They announced a deal today um, with Sanofi, I believe, was was the, uh, the their partnership they entered. Yeah, it was Sanofi. So we'll, we'll talk to him about that uh, at 130, so about an hour from now. In the meantime, Aaron, we haven't even gotten to the topic of the show, which you decided to call Apple versus Microsoft. Care to enlighten us? Yes. So it's no secret. Um, let me go ahead and pull up my Benzinga Pro. I've got NVIDIA pulled up right now, but let me go ahead and switch that to Apple. So Apple and Microsoft were officially out of, at least in terms of, of big tech names, earnings season. Apple and Microsoft both reported great quarters about a month ago, yep. um, but trading well off of their highs. If you recall, a few, um, sorry, I don't know why I'm on a five minute, let me get to the daily. If you recall, a few, uh, this was like, what, a month ago at this point? Um, a little more, two months ago. When Apple was at its highs, Apple became the first $3 trillion publicly traded company in the world. Um, and since then, Apple hasn't really done much. It came all the way down from about 183 down to around 160, came back up to 175, came back down to 160, and is now hanging around 164. So the question is, for the long term, not for a trade, but for the long term, would you rather own Microsoft, who also got to uh, all-time highs around the same time Apple did two, two months ago at the beginning of January, 340 bucks, uh, currently sitting right below $300. So this is the debate. Apple versus Microsoft. Um, I went out and I, you know, we did some research on this topic. There's an analyst at JP Morgan who also analyzed this recently. And let me go ahead and pull that report up if you want to give me a second. But he's- Yeah, okay, I'll give you a second. Well, while you do that, I will chime in. I just did a quick, quick look and uh, just to, get, to compare. The, one of the best uses of financial ratios is for this exact thing, is to compare like companies to each other. So comparing Apple to Microsoft is a totally fair thing to use the price to earnings for or, or the price to sales for um, or, you know, any 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 ratio, right? Um, EV to EBITDA or tangible book, whatever, uh, tangible book value. Um, you, you should use those to compare. It's like comparing apples to apples, right? Oh, I see what you did there. So, um, and, and yeah, blessing, I, I, sorry, I don't know how to pronounce that name. Uh, to be honest, I will own both. To oh, be honest, I, I will too. And anyone who owns broad-based indices will own both. The question, this is just me. a debate, a practice for fun, to say if you had to hold one. If, if I had to pick one. If you had to hold one. And what, does one your, and what does your PE say? If I had to pick one, I'm picking this one. Microsoft? Is Tesla? This guy. Just kidding. No, I'm not. I would not pick Tesla over Sorry. Microsoft. In, uh... All right. Now I dropped it. Damn it. Um, Damn it. No. So what I was going to say was Apple, if you compare it to Microsoft, Apple has a lower price to earnings, which means it's cheaper, right? You're paying less money to get access to Apple's earnings than you are for uh, for Microsoft's earnings. Apple's PE or forward PE is 27. Microsoft's is 32. Uh, And the price of sales is lower as well, right? Um, Apple's price to sales is... I think, what did I say, seven? Microsoft's is 12, so you're paying less money um, 
compared to uh, the amount of money coming in the door, in the front door of, of, uh, of those two companies. You're paying less money for Apple than you are for Microsoft. So Yeah, so let us know in the chat uh, which one you would rather take and why. Give us just a quick sentence, reason why you prefer Apple over Microsoft or why you prefer Microsoft over Apple. Personally, I'm picking Apple here. And yeah, me too. I'm going with history, right? I mean, hi historically, Apple has just recovered very nicely from every single dip that it's had. It doesn't matter what's going on, whether it's the 08 crisis, whether it's COVID, whether it's well, so is the, Microsoft. the prospect of World War III. I don't know. There's There was a time where Microsoft yeah. um, was, and, and I'm, I'm going way back here, Spencer. I'm talking about like... Uh, from about 2010 to 2013, Microsoft did not perform as well as Apple. Well, it hasn't performed as Apple for a long time, but it, it, it has come back it, from, yeah, from all it, of its... It, it's, yes. Okay, in that sense, yes. But if you, if you look at certain times... Um, remind me, what what's uh, Microsoft's CEO's name? Uh, Satya Nadella, right? Nadella, uh, yeah. Nadella. Ever since he came in, when did he come in? Uh, what 2015? I think he. Oh, I think when he came in. But before that, like the three years before he came in, was Bill was Bill Gates still? No, no, it was Steve Ballmer. He was CEO for 15 years. He Steve Ballmer was the worst thing that ever happened to Microsoft stock, and when he left, it was the best thing that ever happened because yeah, Nadella has been an absolute monster. Because Steve, Ball, if you look at Microsoft when Ballmer was CEO, uh, here this is always a fun exercise. I think he was CEO when like 99 to like 2015. So if you just go look at Microsoft stock, just go let's let's go back, uh, let's go look at ninety nine to let's, we'll have to zoom out a little bit, but uh, you you can actually see the point where Bomber left. It was like this is a weekly chart by the way, but but Bomber left like God, I think I think it was like this I think right there. <laughs> so like this, all this underperformance for fifteen years with Steve Bomber at the helm and then they hire Satya Nadella he goes all in on cloud and bada bing bada boom where we are where we are so Jay Rice is saying Apple big risk is if China does anything with Taiwan uh TSM is a big Apple uh it is Apple it's true big Apple supplier that's true um speaking of TSM TSM's actually was having a good day today before the sell-off uh and I do want to go over to the to the broad-based markets again Wait, can we just acknowledge this chart though this is Apple versus Microsoft yeah, I mean, it's insane. Apple's I mean, been the best stock of all time. I mean, uh, Microsoft hasn't been too shabby in the no, last seven years. Not at all. It's been a month. Kyle, like, here, I don't know look. if he's stating or if he's asking if, if we're at the bottom of the day. Um, but Let's I do. Fun. Yeah, I like this. I'll, I'll let you finish, then I'll, I'll go back to the broad Look, market. timeline is everything. I just arbitrarily went back 20 years and say, can tell you Apple crushed Microsoft. But you go back to 2015, and it's pretty. Microsoft is winning. So, um, you know, it's just uh, it's arbitrary timelines, but I, I, I'll pick Apple um, personally. That's my take. What are you going to say about Taiwan Semi? Uh, well, Taiwan Semi was just having, I mean, Taiwan Semi has been, been having a really tough go the past couple of weeks. It went from all the way 145. It drew, it's drawn down like 30% from its highs. What? Oh, and, I, I'm, I'm looking at the wrong chart. <laughs> I was like, what? No, it's not, but I did TSDM, not TSM. Uh, it's, drawn yeah, down, it's drawn down like 30% from its highs just a couple weeks ago in, in mid-January, about six weeks ago. Um, but today was having a nice day, especially against other chip stocks. So if you're looking at NVIDIA, you're looking at AMD. Um, but here, Spencer, I'm going to go ahead and steal the screen back because yeah. I wanted to address Kyle now again. I don't know if he's stating this or asking it, but he's saying, uh, oh, I pulled it the wrong. He said bottom for the day. So, 
here's what I would say is look at, I'm just gonna pull up the cues for this. Um, I'm gonna go to a five minute chart and uh, we'll be able to see kind of what, what, what happened here, where we got down to. Let me get my zooms in real quick. Zoom, zoomy, zoomy. Zoom, zoom. Zoomy, zoomy. So we came all the way down to 341. Um, we're only about a buck higher than that right now. If we come back down here and break that, I'd be looking to, to buy some puts because not only would I expect uh, the Qs to continue moving lower, but you'll, you'll see that VIX continue to climb, creating, uh, causing a, a double, your the contracts will increase in value while the price is moving in your direction. Um, so if we break that Qs, I'd be looking to buy some puts. Now, if we get down there and we bounce from there, it's, or if we never get back down there, then it is very likely that um, we've seen the bottom of the, uh, of the day so far. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm watching this Q's chart. Looks like we're heading back down that way. And now, um, what I will say is, at least going off of what we've seen the past couple of weeks, I'm not, I'm not putting a rally at the end of the day uh, out of question. I think it'd be silly to do so with what we've seen. So basically, Spencer, it's a TLDR. If we get back to this level we just saw at the Q's about uh, 30 minutes ago, and we bounce from there, I'd see that pretty bullish. If we fall through that, I'd be looking to buy some puts. I don't know. I was literally about to come on today's show and and admit that throw my hand up and say, all right, I mean, you got to be able to change your mind and admit you're wrong. And on a Thursday and Friday, I was like, I don't know how you can buy stocks here uh, for anything other than a long-term investment. Um, and I was going to come out and say, yes, I was wrong. Sorry. I mean, buy... Clearly, you, you need to buy the dip. Now, is this just another dip to buy? I, sh shit, I don't know. <laughs> but, like, just when I was about to throw in the towel, we get some negative price action in my favor. So now I'm even more confused. Um, um, also, we do... The, I think this is, this is the play, honestly. The, the, the convenient thing about Thursday, Thursday uh, Thursday's market, where we opened way lower on Thursday... The convenient thing is that gives you an out now on on anything. If you want to give yourself some breathing room, like you know, on the queues, for example, queues are at three forty two, and you know you're, we're talking about thirty points, which is a long time. It's a lot of money to lose on a trade. But if you want to give yourself some breathing room, you you clearly have levels for obvious stops, right? You can stop yourself out at yesterday's low, at Friday's low, at Thursday's low, right? Um, so that's that's the good part is you have a convenient stop loss level across the board uh, for anything that's 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 uh, that's rallied here. Um, and I do see while I'm looking at the cues to see if we get back down to that bottom that we had about 30 minutes ago. I did notice Nvidia drop below its levels, so um, th this will be one to watch that it might kind of act before the queues do but if we get a bounce here in nvidia that could be a good sign for the queues or if we see it continue to drop if we see nvidia continue to drop then um that would make me think that it's more likely we see the queues come back down to those levels but um we, we do have robert roy joining us here in about five minutes we'll be able to ask him yeah. uh what he thinks about these markets the past couple yeah, weeks I, I i just want to know from everyone what are you doing and why are you doing it right and i, I get the sense that's all you guys want to know as well right what are you doing and why because I, I, I haven't, you know, I sold whatever swings I had, I sold out of last week. Um, so I'm, as far as trading goes, I'm flat as can be. 
investing is a different story. Obviously, I have a lot of long term investments, and I, I don't, I don't mess with that stuff. The very, other, very often. the other measure while I'm talking about watching the cues, and and they're all very similar. But it, I'll watch the VIX too and see. So uh, uh, about 30 minutes ago, when we were at that sell off, we can see the VIX ran from about. 25 up to about 26 and a half. So this is the VXX, which is a proxy for the VIX. Yeah, sorry. Not the actual VIX, but close enough. Um, And and we got to a high of 26.56, currently at 26.17. If we get back above that high, that's a big red flag for me. That's a a sign that, hey, we're not through the weeds yet today. This isn't one of those days where we're going to have a bottom and just rally all afternoon. Um, So I'm watching the VIX here because we did get it. We did move down from there. Um, looks like we're forming a red candle on the five-minute chart right here, so uh, we'll, we'll keep our eye on this. Yeah, I'm just keeping an eye on a lot of the stocks we talked about yesterday. Right, we talked about solar, we talked about crypto. By the way, we didn't do a crypto update yesterday. We totally screwed up. Uh, let, let's do that right now before we bring Robert on the show. Let's just do a real fast crypto update and, and look at the heat map here, and because crypto. I, as we said this morning, if there's ever in the history of Bitcoin been a, a real-world use case for Bitcoin, this is a test case right now. What happens when your entire country gets um, financially canceled? Can I just, I just made, it, made that up. That's pretty cool, though. Financially canceled. Bitcoin is your way around that. Let's see how it's doing. All right, bring up my heat map on the screen, and and when we see, I mean, it is it is green, obviously, right? Very green across the board. It's been green. It is still green. Um, I mean, this is so this is so fascinating because you have Russia that's basically been deep. It's financially deplatformed, right? It's been uh, their assets in foreign banks have been frozen. Uh, the, the technology platforms, Apple Pay, Google Pay, nope, frozen, right? Uh, if, whether it's whether it's the the national treasury or the individual consumer, uh, they're they're ha- they're basically they've basically been locked out of the global financial system right now. So the way around that obviously is crypto, right? And and this has been long been touted as a use case for. For this type of situation, but it's the first time it's ever happened before, that that we've seen a country go from being included in the global financial system to being excluded, right? Um, so Bitcoin, Ethereum, uh, the whole crypto market is up today. I, the 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 thing I'm sort of still waiting to find out about, and only time will tell, is how much of the crypto rally is a rally with all of growth is a rally. How much of, because we know that Bitcoin and crypto are growth assets. Their performance is a lot of times tied to the QQQs, tied to, you know, the performance of uh, funds like ARKK, or they're correlated. They're correlated. Um, How much of this rally is a correlation with that overall trade versus the fact that this is, hey, this is a real fundamental reason why people will be going into Bitcoin and crypto. Um, I don't know the answer to that question yet, but you can see that the market is is sort of um, buying first and asking questions later. I guess it's a good sign for crypto, honestly, that that on a good, on a positive fundamental development, the market moves higher, which is not always a given here. 
in, in this market. So it's nice to see as someone who owns a little bit of Bitcoin, you know, it's cool. Um, you know, we're up now six and a half percent, I think in the last 24 hours, it's what the heat map says. So the, the, the problem with that logic, Venkat, who says, you know, the only hedge against uh, Bitcoin is the only hedge against inflation and fiat currency is if it hasn't been proven to be true. Bitcoin as an asset trades with risk assets. When you have broader market sell-offs, Bitcoin sells off too. That's just that's the way it's been. I don't. I, I'm not saying whether that's right or wrong, but that's 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 a fact. So the real world use case of Bitcoin as a hedge um, against inflation. First off, it's a little bit early to t say that because we've only been this inflationary environment for like, you know, um, less than a year. Um, and maybe the the hedge, you know, Bitcoin has a hedge against real currency. Well, maybe that has some more teeth now. If you were, to, if you are in the, you know, Russian ruble and, um, you know, Bitcoin is a hedge against the ruble for sure, but it's not a hedge against the dollar. So I don't know. Um, I think Bitcoin is, again, it, it, it correlates to risk assets, which is not a reality that a lot of Bitcoin um, maxis will like to acknowledge, but it's true. So is this just moving with tech or is this is this a real validation of Bitcoin? Don't know, frankly. Yeah, and I will say I've seen it wouldn't be out of the question. Um, I know Binance and some other big uh, crypto exchanges have said they will not shut down their operations in Russia, even though some leaders have called on them to do so. That's a whole other can of worms, right? But what they can do is shut down and freeze assets of specific wallets. So if they find out that ex-Russian oligarch owns this wallet with 2 million Bitcoin, they can freeze that wallet. Binance can freeze that. Whoever hosts that wallet can freeze it. Now, all of a sudden, uh, or, or not freeze the wallet, but make it to where you can't exchange it for U.S. dollars, making it, uh, it's essentially what they've done with their uh, reserve banks. So, right. so what, what yeah, Russia... You, you can't transact in dollars. Right. So they right. have like, say Russia is holding $500 million of U.S. stocks right now. And what they would typically do if the ruble is crashing, is sell those stocks and use that money they raise from selling the stocks to buy the ruble to, to prop up the price. Um, but when the U.S. comes in and says, no, you can't sell those assets, they're not seizing the assets, but they're freezing them. You can do the same thing with crypto. Exchanges can do the same thing with crypto. So once that happens, if that happens, there goes the argument, too, that Bitcoin is you can be you know, it can't be shut out of, you know, leaders can't have a say of what's going on. I mean, at that point, it's just like any other uh, currency. Right. It, it, it sort of defeats the purpose of it. Right. Right. Which I understand. And that, But at the same time, don't you think these, these exchanges would cooperate? If, if their arms got really twisted, right, wouldn't they cooperate? With a government somewhere? Yeah, 100%. If, right. if the U.S. says you can't let this Russian oligarch sell his bitcoin they'll, for us dollars they'll cooperate they'll cooperate, they'll cooperate. And, and it'll be popular people will th there will be people really into crypto that will that will not like it and say this is what they didn't want they didn't want to be there to be well, able to have government control over crypto assets but that takes i mean we'll see what happens if and when that happens but 
Um, That's why we have 10,000 different Bitcoin exchanges, right? You don't like one, just go to the next. I don't know what else to say about it. Um, uh, as a reminder, this segment is uh, sponsored by Voyager. If you want free Bitcoin, which I'm sure a lot of people do right now, um, go to Voyager, create an account, use the offer code to Zing when you sign up, Z-I-N-G. Fund your account with 100 bucks, make a trade, and they will send you $50 in Bitcoin for free. That's 50 U.S. dollars in Bitcoin just for signing up and creating an account. All right, let's bring on Robert Roy, tradewithrob.com, tradelikeaboss.com, and uh, he's going to talk some options. Let's do it. Yo, Rob. Oh, he's on two phones at once. Fast market. We're in a fast market, everyone. Rob, you're on mute, though, so I can't hear you. I blew that. It was buy, sell, buy, sell, <laughs> buy, sell. <laughs> I blew uh, it with the mute button. Oh, no. Uh, That's okay. All right. What Story an interesting day, huh? Or interesting days. No kidding. No kidding. So things were looking pretty um, uh, deja vu-ish all morning, but in the last hour, We've decided apparently that war is not a good thing. I don't, so I don't know. I just want to know, Rob, how have you been approaching the last, basically from Thursday onward? I want to know what your Thursday, Friday, Monday, and Tuesday mornings were like. So because of what the S&P is doing, Spencer, and just the way that it's reacting, right? If you look here, yeah. it's a daily chart, including today's intraday candle on the far right. All right. Okay. You, know, you go back from from last week and it's not even just there it's all the talk that led up to it back from february 10th we saw that pullback and the jump that dropped down and i i want you to watch as we move through these candles day by day i want you to look at the various horizontal lines that are in there you got one purple one a bunch of reds there's a blue down here and these dot dash right we respect right on this day the hundred and that red line we went right to it we opened near the hundred we went right to the red line with a wick all the way down here same thing in here. Here we played ping pong, right? That was nothing. We closed here. We closed here. We closed here. This was the big catalyst day. We opened at the 100. Uh, and then today has been a great day. So utilizing, for me, FIBS, and I know others are using different indicators, and that's fine, but I know FIBS work because they work for us. They work for what I do. I know they work yep. for me. And the reason is they're harmonic. They're, they're, they're in tune with nature. And people don't know why stocks and markets stop where they do or run to where they do. Almost always you will find that there is a Fibonacci level hidden back there. So utilizing the FIBS has been the, the, the biggest part of it and making sure that my timeframes are all day trade. We hold nothing overnight at this point uh, on our directional trades. We do on some of the selling positions where we've got a better chance of being right in that trade. But on our directional trade, Spencer, it's all bringing it down to getting in on day trades, managing the position with tight stops, and calling it a day if it goes against us. All right, so let's talk specific markets here. So this is this is the S the SPX the S and P five hundred, which of course is uh, not tradable in and of itself. You have to go to a, a an ETF that replicates it. So have you been trading spy just like that? Absolutely, including today. Spy has become. I've always loved SPY. I was probably one of the first people out there teaching SPY and Q's trades back in you know, 1999, 2000, 202, somewhere in that area, just very early on teaching 
about trading the cues and, and so forth. Uh, and I liked the cues much better when I first got started with it. But SPY to me has become such a better trading vehicle. I still like cues, but I like the SPY's movement. It, it does not seem to have the whips based on an apple or something like that getting thrown around and getting the big whips in the position. So if you look at today, Spencer, I mean, this is again, daily yeah. card, right? We've got a red line here, which is a Fibonacci level. You got the pink moving average, which is the eight. I know we talked about moving average the last time I was on a little bit. And which gives us a confluence. You have two levels happening at the same place, right? Well, what happened? We opened up, right? We ran up, we failed. And then the question all comes down to how do we approach the 343.74 level? So 343.74, right? If we go to an intraday chart and we look at SPY, I've got the 343.74, right? Vertical line on the screen is today. So what happened? If we got a nice move up today on the open, we came down, we closed below on this candle, very long wick candle, a lot of indecision on that candle. Bulls and bears fought, bears won. We closed below that horizontal line, the 434.74 level. And what happened on the next candle? We pushed up. From that big candle, we came down, retested again, and failed. That gave an entry signal right there on that candle. That was a day trade entry signal for us right there. Right? Did we take a little bit of heat? Yep, we sure did. Was it much? We moved up 75 cents or so. It's not that big a deal. Right? We pushed back down. We pushed back down. And now we're getting a little bit of a climb. Uh, there's multiple ways you could exit out of this position, whether you use the moving averages, whether you use a trailing stop for it. But... Finding the entry, Spencer, the right entry is going to be a tremendous part of it. Uh, when I was in purchasing and man in manufacturing, we didn't make yeah. our money on the sale. We made our money on the buy. We had to buy exactly. right. We had to get a good price on the purchase of what we were going to sell. And then we could make some money on the tail end because you're fighting with everybody else at the same price. It's no different here. You need the best entry possible to really make it work on the, the tail end, especially in a market so like this. So let's talk about how, how to get that best entry. So bottom line is this. It all comes down to, here, let me bring it back to a day chart first. All right? Okay. And I do use two different charting systems purposely. This charting system gives me a, a much better ability to scan the markets than what I have in a trade station or TOS and so forth without being a professional programmer. So I look for confluence. That's the very first step, Spencer. Find a confluence level a moving average and a fib line. So we had it today on SPY. If we look, I've got a couple of check marks in there. So we have it today on Adobe, right? We're sitting right at our fib line with Adobe. Look at the move in there, right? We're going to talk about some of these as trade setups for tomorrow. Not this one. Let's see, there's no uh, confluence there. No, no confluence there at all. Right? So we have confluence on Facebook. I don't think exactly. And, 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 Oh, just let's pause here for a second. So two questions. One, no confluence means hands off, right? So no confluence is a more aggressive trade. So I, I want to say it's a hands right. off. We, we graded A, B, and C. A is okay. yes. That's confluence. We're in the right place. We've got a clear and concise entry, clear path to our target, concise. We're getting it at the right place. We're not getting in in the middle somewhere, right? So that's an, this would be an okay. A setup. A B would be the ones that we do not have a confluence but we've got another reason there as an example 
on booking, we broke down. If we can come back up and retest on this blue fib line and fail, we can still take the trade, but we should be taking it at less contracts, less dollars in that trade because okay. it's more aggressive. A okay. C trade would just be, there's nothing setting up. Uh, crazy people take this one. I'll pass okay. and walk away from that one. So the second question was, I know you typically, you, you like to trade, you have your core stocks that you Correct. Stick, will stick to your core list and you will stick to that and you will trade those names. In times like this, where you've got war in Europe for the first time in 80, in 80 years, and you've got the market doing all sorts of crazy things, do you expand or contract that list? Do you expand your universe to include more things because there's more volatility and more, or, or, or do you go the other way or, or nothing? But good question. So I still, I always look for other trades every day. This okay. core 20, which is what's on the screen here, folks, you can screenshot it. It's all yours, right? That's the candidates of what I trade every single day. And that core list of candidates is just that. It's the ones that I have a dossier on. I know how they react around earnings. I know how they react in the afternoon, how they react around lunchtime. I know how they eat, breathe, sleep, drink, right? I understand these stocks inside and out, right? Things that have, I've spent a decade plus building on uh, these candidates, right? Now, that doesn't mean I don't trade anything else. Okay. I still have other positions. I still do my selling positions where I have a much higher percentage potential of being right in the trade. Uh, especially with the higher VIX right now, we're getting amazing premium on yes. covered calls and naked puts. It's great. Um, but when we get to diagonal spreads, I pay a lot of cash to buy a long-term option right now um, because of the VIX. So that trade becomes a little bit harder to find the right one. But if I do, I will still trade them. Um, and I do trade news candidates every day. W Day, as an example, was on news today, right? It was earnings right? That they came out with. Awesome. Right? Well, because they've got news backing it up and I see the news came out and I trade that company anyway, I just feel more inclined to gravitate to that one because I have a better chance of being right because I, I know what to expect when I get in the, in the arena where I trade a Microsoft. I don't really trade that. So I don't know what to expect uh, with a Mr. Softy or something or an AMD maybe or whoever the company might be. That's not on my normal list. Got it. All right. So, so now let's keep going here on on this on this train of of finding the entry. So let's go to let's go to a chart where we had a confluence of indicators here: a Fibonacci and a and a, and a, a moving average. Or uh, well, yeah, what is that? It's hard. What is that? That's it's a moving Adobe. average, Adobe. right? And Adobe. The okay. Uh, it, right. So that was Adobe we just had. So so Adobe was one. Uh, let's see. Roku has got to check. Okay. So let's use Roku. You go okay, Roku. Roku. Yep, a little perfect. bit lower price, lower cost options. You know, it moves $13 a day for $140 stock, which is fantastic. There's plenty of movement to take premium out of this position. So when we dig into it and I see that the eight moving average, and that's the ones that I use, you can use any ones you want. The eight moving average is my short term. When I see that it overlays on that FIB level, what I will do is I will transfer that 138.24 I'll transfer that over to my intraday chart, right? So if I go over to Roku and snap a line and I'm gonna put it at 138.24. All right, so now what am I looking for? 
if I can find the right entry around that level, and of course, I am looking at the overall pattern on Roku is bearish. Big long-term downtrend. Moving averages are all trending bearish. The, the smallest or the lowest setting moving average, the eight is on the bottom. That's the pink line. The green is a 21 in the middle and the brown is a 55 on top. All three of those lines pointing in the right direction, down. We're just above the eight moving average now. So what do I need to see happen? On an intraday basis, I am looking at the stock making a move and breaking down below that level, closing below it, coming back and retesting the level and then failing. That's what I'm looking for. So we got close with the wick here, but really wasn't a great retest, but we did get close. We move out through this range here, and now we closed below, we pushed back up. That would not have been a bad one right there, right? As a potential entry into a bearish trade, all predicated on time of day, right? For me, 1140 is too late in the afternoon for me to want to take this trade. Usually by 11.30, it's lunchtime for me. Things get sloppy uh, and even more so in this kind of market condition. But things get sloppy and I tend to walk away until about 1.30 or so in the afternoon and then I'll come back again. But when you see that type of setup, Spencer, right in here where we broke, closed below that key level, retested it and failed, there's the entry. And this you know, if you didn't take it there, this would be tough. Well, well, where, where, but where in that candle is the candle's a little bit big there. So where in that candle is the entry? Anywhere in that candle? So now we take it because my charts will normally be this right here. It's a four pack, right? The fifth can, the fifth chart upper right is just for the pre-market stuff. So I've got a one minute, a five minute, a 30 minute and a daily chart. So I can get a big picture view of what's going on in all market and all time frames. So if we're looking at this candle here, that's the 1140 candle, right? Let's change this over to a one minute chart. Horizontal line stays where it was and let's go find 1140. Now that 1140 means that's the closing time of the candle. So anywhere between 1136 and 1140 is that five minute candle. So if we're looking at 11, there's 34, 35, 36. So what happened on the 1134 candle, we closed here. The 11.35, we closed right in the same spot. The 11.36, we got this push up, and our high there was 138.03 versus 138.24. We're 21 cents away. Ironically, it's a Fibonacci number, but I digress. We're only 21 cents away from that line. As far as I'm concerned, we smashed the line. We hit it. We're there. That would be the potential as the entry off of that setup right in there. Here was the break. Here was the retest on this candle was the retest, the, the long wick, that doji candle. And here was the fail. So that right. candle right there, that's the big E for a bearish entry. And this was on the one minute. Yeah. This okay. breaks it down on Roku right. to the one minute chart. So 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 let's talk about the exit though. So let's let's talk about the the exit on on that. On that bullish trade, though, so we 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 got in. I don't think we were looking at the. Oh, we're taking a bearish yeah. trade here. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's what I meant. The the, okay. the exit. Yeah, the, the exit on that. I'm doing four things at once. I'm watching the chat. I'm listening to you, and I, I can't I can't take my eye off, off the overall market because if if I do for five seconds, crazy things happen. Right, right, right. So, you're gonna get in, you're gonna be in trouble if you do. Right. I know. Yeah. yeah. So my target, Spencer, the way these fib lines lay out, 
if you look at the distance between the two fib lines that are here, and I'm just going to do an estimation. I'm not going to worry about trying to get it exact here. If we look at the distance of these two lines, that distance is $18 between there, right? Then you go over to Roku on the uh, far left, and you will see there is a number in the box there that says 2678. That is the Wilder's average true range times two. That's all it is. Double the Wilder's average true range. Right? You can easily do it without having it there. You just have to do it mentally in your head. Right? So is $18 greater than that number in there? And the answer is no. Then that line is close enough that I can make an attack on it somewhere over the next two to three days on that level. Right? As long because we're doubling the wilders, which is the normal move of high to low in the last 13 days, we can make that attempt over the next two to three days. I'm looking at it for a day trade only. But that means that in this setup, I can move high to low about $13. So this is 18. I've got plenty of room to pick up some really nice premium in here. So what I would do is my stop. My stop is based on where we are with our confluence and the percentage of movement above these two, uh, between these two fib lines here. So Spencer, interrupt me if I lose you at any point on this. Okay, fair? No, I'm still with you. Okay. I mean on this next piece. <laughs> this is where it gets interesting. Okay. We're going to split these two levels up. And what I am looking for is, uh, let's see if I could just get rid of that gray line and make it easier. Delete line. Okay. So by cutting those in half, what I've done, or cutting them out, what I've done is I put a line in here that's 25% of the distance between these two lines, we're coming 25% up and that's where our stop is. Does that make sense? It, it, is that why 25% though? Is, is that just a, a... Back tested. About two and a half million days of testing. So that's just a general rule of thumb though. That's not specific to Roku. That's not specific to today. It's Correct. General... Because it's not today. It's not Roku. It's period. Right. Yeah. Um, are you going to have trades go against you? Yes, absolutely. Uh, and in many cases, it's the best thing that can happen because when it goes against you, hits 25% above that level and you're taken out, in many cases, it runs 50 and 75%. It just flipped and turned the opposite direction. So my stop would be 142 and a quarter on this setup, right? So we bring it back here. My stop is 142 and a quarter. Uh, uh, we lost it. Yep. Yeah, it's off the screen. What, did I do something wrong? No, 142 quarter. Um, it's just too big of a. Just too wide. You know what it's Oh, just you're, you're, it's yeah, you're off the screen there. Wow. Your stop, stop is off the chart, Rob. All right, there we go. Off the charts, baby. It's because it was a one-minute chart, right? So here we are. There, there's our stop there. We got nowhere near that stop today. We weren't taken out, even though we looked at the 1140 candle as a potential entry. Even at this point, we're still in. Again, I wouldn't take the entry okay. at 1140, but that's the stop, right? And then my target is going to be based on that next target, right? As long as we don't take our stop out, I'm going to let my stock run, right? If I can get half of this distance inside of this, these two fib lines, so let's call it 120 to 138, 
that gives me whatever that middle point is. If I can get at least half, which puts me to about 129, if I can get down to 129, I'm selling half of my trade out of the position. And then I'll manage the second half of the trade with a trailing stop or some order type like that. Does that all make sense? I I I think it makes sense to me. I'm I'm hoping it makes sense to the to the chat everyone watching and uh as W Tucker asked in the chat so De so Robert's using TradeStation and he's also using uh his own uh custom charting platform. Uh Correct, Omega Charts. Yes. Yep, Omega Charts. Um let, let's take some tickers from the chat, Rob. Um sure. Dan Daniel wants to know about Bank America. The banks are getting beat up today. He's certainly right about that. Um, I mean, everything is more or less getting beat up today, but uh, what about Bank America? Yeah, so dividend coming out shortly. How is that dividend? 21 cents. I don't think that's anything crazy for them. No, that's about what they pay. So that that's not a concern right there, right? So yeah, banks getting beat, right? Where are they? It's in a bearish bias. So had you seen where it opened today, watched it drop below the 43.39, if it retested and failed, 4220 is our next target. That's our next support level. You're going to get out before that, but that's our next support level. We went right there and stopped right at that line. It doesn't mean it's done for the day, but had you been trading, utilizing this method, look what that would have done. And this is not me cherry picking it. This is your stock, right? Someone in the chat stock and mm -hmm. fibs that I've already had drawn on top of here, right? It went right to that level. And it is the most important level on the chart, that purple line, that 618. Look it up on Fibonacci. 0.618 is, is the golden ratio, divine proportion, golden mean. It is the most important line, the most important number in the universe, period, in math, uh, is 0.618. So for me, I'd be taking a bearish. Tomorrow, if we break the 42.20, retest and fail, 40.73 is my next target. But I wouldn't be doing that today. It's had too big of a move already. Okay. It's funny. And part of me always wonders, Rob, just how self-fulfilling these these FIB numbers are because, you know, no one understands why they work. They just work. And I just I wonder if part of the reason they work is because people think they work. And then it just it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. But um, I guess we'll never know. Well, um, so if you ask... If you ask, if you took a group of 100 people and said, how many of you are actually trading using Fibonacci's, most are going to tell you no. So the, the self-fulfilling prophecy becomes hard from the standpoint of Maybe. those traders are all using Fibs. I don't think Maybe. that's the case. I find it all the time and I'm a major Fib user. And I would say 10% of people come to us and have even heard of Fibs before in the market. Uh, they've heard of it on the Da Vinci code, right? But not in the market. So... The self-fulfilling prophecy where I agree with these friends, you are spot on, is they are harmonic. Why does it gravitate to that level? It's not because of the traders that are using them, I don't believe. I think it's part, but I think it's just, it is a, it's an emotional stopping point where someone just says, you know what? I don't know why, but I think this is a good place to get in, or I think this is a good place to get out. I think that's a big piece of what happens there uh, at those levels when you're not using them. Scratch your head and say, why did this stop where it did and snap a fib line on? And more than likely, you'll find that there's a historical fib level that comes close to that. Not always. Like you see here, this was not. That was an anomaly day. But look at everything that led up to it. And that went right after it. We were right on that fib line. We used it from the downside, but we didn't bounce off it in, in the, at the bottom level of it. 
All right, we'll do some more stocks in the chat. For Mike, what about Snow? Oh, Snow was one of those tech names that got so beaten down off its. Uh, it had a huge run off its IPO and then got so beaten down. Um, but I'm assuming it's lower today, having been higher. Since uh, Thursday. 16 cents up. Okay. So kind of flat. Not really a whole lot happening on a $260 stock. So what's happening here? Look at the last three days of trading. These three candles. They are maintaining their bottoms, and the eight moving average is acting as a descending tri triangle on there. So we're pushing the wedge to the bottom. Now, I see, uh, and we always want to confirm it, but it looks like earnings are coming out shortly. Um, if so, I'd be very concerned with trying to take anything on it until after the earnings, personally. I don't guess against earnings and hope I'm right. Uh, the last time I did it, it was Apple, and after 27 quarters in a row, Apple missed, and it goes the opposite direction, right? That's the one I picked. Mm -hmm. Um and held on to that option and gave uh, about eight grand back on that trade. Uh, months of agony of trying to manage that position out, doubling down, nothing worked no matter what I did. Uh, so I don't try to guess it. I'll let the earnings come out and let the chips fall. They'll do. We'll trade this one tomorrow after the earnings announcement comes out. Right. If we break that 263 retest and fail, uh, let's see, 32, 42, 52, 62. Ah, okay. So, Spencer, remember I talked about this Fibbit number here, this 26. Oh, wrong one. My bad. I'm looking at, I don't have that on this list. Let's get snow back over there. And let's see what that is. Uh, it's not telling me. So, let's just go here. So, snow moves, we'll call it $19 a day, right? So, 38 is our number so 233 to 263 that's $30 we're good we don't need to split that level I thought we did because I was looking at Roku's number but if we break retest and fail I'm looking at the 232.83 now many traders are going to fight this you're going to get a bounce on it uh, pretend right you get a bounce on snow tomorrow right and it, it goes up and it it's somewhere in between here right at this level where my horizontal line is and traders are saying, hey, I want to jump in early and try to catch the bounce. And you can. It is not the way I trade it. That, to me, becomes very much a weight scenario. And I want to see, will it break above that 21 moving average, which now has a FIB level there, break above retest and bounce, and I have a new confluence, and I'll take the, the bullish entry there. I will not fight it if we get that small bullish move up. Too many times we move right back up to that FIB level, and we die right at that level and fell off and you've got traders that have jumped in you know a dollar two dollars three dollars below and they're sitting there sucking on their thumb trying to figure out what do i do now that it's dropped twelve dollars and i'm still in this position awesome uh we'll do a couple more with rob then we gotta let him go let's do oh wait there was also a question how does rob pick the top and the bottom for his fib lines so here's the phrase, guys. Write this down. If you're not familiar with FIBS, write this down. You're looking for the largest directional move closest to the right side of the chart. Directional move. Let's look at Apple. All right, let's go back and we don't need that bar. Let's take that orange bar off of there for now. Okay. So we're looking at the largest directional move closest to the right side of the chart. 
you'll notice that there are fib lines drawn all over the place. Actually, if I were to back this up, uh, it would be uh, very difficult to see everything that's there. That's how many fib levels there are, right, on my charts. So, but we back it up just enough. And what's happened here? We had a nice V bottom. Let's try with a drawing, a, a pen tool. We had a nice V bottom, a good, strong, bullish thrusting pattern, and a V top, right? And then we did our thing. We violated this level. And at that point, the negative 618, we've got to redraw the fibs. So we redrew them in here. After we made that move, we redrew the fibs there, right? Well, then we had a bigger directional move down in here. So we drew off of that V top and that V bottom. And if we look at how important this particular fib level is of the one I've got drawn right now, I'll take it where there's no moving averages. All right, look at this. Tell me what you see. What is this? V bottom? No, sorry. Yeah, I spoke too soon. Well, you're right. It was a V bottom. You're right. But what? What? It's a letter. What letter is it? W. That's, that's an upside. In, H. That's an M, man. It's an H. Wait, wait what is that? That's, it's well, an H. Oh, wait. I know. In grade school, we were taught to draw them like this, right? But on Fibonacci, they're All more right. like this. Okay. All right. That is the most profitable letter in the alphabet. Better than a W. Better than an mm -hmm. M. We get this move up to a 618 level and a fail, which is what we had here when we finally broke, not all of this up here, but we finally broke. We got one and a half lines. That was the first attempt there. We came back and we moved one, two. Now, normally you only get two and a half lines. This time, because of the, the, the fight with Putin and Ukraine, with Russia and Ukraine, the war, uh, we, we got a much bigger drawdown there. But that pattern, that H pattern is absolutely phenomenal to capture in there. So this Apple fib set up for a move from 172 to 169, and then for a move from 172 down to 165, which is where my target would have been for the second exit on that trade. I would have missed some of this, but that would have been day trades the following days. So I'm not too concerned with it. All right? I hope that answers it for the fibs. Guys, if you go over to uh, Spencer, that website you have for us, tradinglikeaboss.com, there is a free training on there, folks, on Fibonacci. You don't, it, there's no, it's everything on this page is free. But this Fibonacci, uh, today's power indicator, it's a three-part series. It's about an hour long. I teach you how to draw the fibs the way that I do, right? The more of you I can get drawing the fibs, go back to what Spencer said, the better off you have as a self-fulfilling prophecy that those charts tend to move off of those particular right. fib levels. I, I just put the link, I just, here, let me, Make it cleaner on the screen, but it's tradinglikeaboss.com. Yes, sir. There it is up on the screen. I'll put it in the chat as well so everyone sees Appreciate it. Appreciate that. And there it is. And um, Rob Roy joins us every other week to run through his charts and tell us how he's trading. And um, you answered my question I had off the top, which was like, just want to know what you're doing these last three days. And unfortunately for me, what you've been doing the last three days is not that different than what you always do. You mostly just, <laughs> I, I was kind of hoping for a little bit more excitement, but uh, you're sticking to your plan, which I guess is what works for you. That's why you're profitable. But 
Uh, I, I I was hoping for a little more. Uh, oh my God! It's buy sell. That's what I was hoping for off the top. Yeah, but, that yeah. that was that was cool in the beginning there. But yeah, it's just yeah. I'm I try to make it. You know, my mentor that I first got when I first started in 1997 told me you want to get to the point when you trade that it's like boredom to you. You want to yeah. trade as it's boring, and I can't get there because it's my money that's on the line. But yeah. you want to get that emotion as close to it as possible have as little as emotion as possible. If you can't sleep at night and you're stressed out, I would not do well holding positions overnight like this on Amazon, Booking, Google, Chipotle, Tesla, NVIDIA, yeah. Netflix, some of the major ones that I trade. I wouldn't do well holding those overnight, thinking what happens if the market flips the other direction tomorrow and in this condition. I'm not talking about in a regular market. In this condition, it's too painful. So I'll stick with boring, vanilla, plain Jane. And last week we did seven trades and had one go against us. Wow. That's a, that's a good winning percentage right there. Boring is We're at about boring. 74%, 75% this year so far. We've had our most two profitable months ever in our Power Option Place program, ever, uh, in the last two months. Wow. All right, Rob Roy, thanks for a lot for coming on today. As always, TradingTheCabals.com. Have a good one, man. Excellent. Take care, guys. See you soon. Alrighty. See you, Rob. We're going to have our next guest on in 10 minutes uh, or so. Thank you, JJ Javis, or JJ Valas. Sorry. If you love this channel, you can become a Benzinga YouTube member. Um, by doing so, you may see some others in the chat. You get access to a bunch of fun emojis. You get emojis. You get bragging rights because your comments look special. They look green. At least to me, they do. Um, maybe I'm colorblind. You get uh, badges, emojis, and there will be more coming. So check it out. You just got to go to our YouTube page and click that join button, and that gives you that potentially gives you access to. There, there will be a point soon where we connect the YouTube membership to other Benzinga products. We're not quite there yet, um, but uh, over 200 people, I believe, have already joined uh, YouTube membership. Maybe, wow. Maybe, maybe I'm conflating my numbers but Maybe you're gonna, embellishing gonna, a little gonna bit go with that i'm gonna go with that uh, anyway it is 121 here uh as things have more or less um i don't want to say calm down but uh yeah I call, gonna... call me when we make a new low of the day right which we haven't done and i'm, I'm watching the cues more so than the spy because the cues are whoa well, I'm watching. Weird I'm watching. Stuff. I'm watching the uh, Vix Spencer, as you pointed out. I'm actually watching the VXX. Yeah. Um, but we are approaching our high of the day in the VXX. It looks like we may get a little. Let me just go ahead and share my screen so that I can. Yeah. Uh, you guys can see what I'm looking at when I when I talk. Um, but we may get a little double top up here on the VIX, which I would see as bullish. Uh, for the rest of the day, at least, um, as you can see here, our, our absolute high of the day on this candle. Let me zoom in. Was um, twenty six fifty six. We are now at twenty six thirty six. So just about twenty cents to go up to that point. But it does look like right now we're running into some resistance. So if I see another red candle on here on the five minute on the VXX, I'm going to take that as a sign that we have at least for now. Uh, bottomed on the day in terms of or peaked on the day in terms of fear in the market um, which would usually correlate with the bottom of the day in terms of lows um, again this is nothing 100 percent, but just something i'm watching is there news on the cruise lines today royal caribbean is down it, it, rcl is down it's pretty on my screen RC yeah you didn't hear russia said that's their top target for a nuke 
dude. I like I want to laugh at that, but I I can't. I was watching. <laughs> I was watching. A, I was about. I was watching a bunch of YouTube videos last night. That's of, never a good thing. I know. So, although so was I. So. <laughs> Anytime you start a sentence, I was watching a bunch of YouTube videos. Never last a good thing. Good. I, yeah. Uh, there was one that was made like two years ago and this guy was like, what would happen if like us and Russia went to war and he was given his predictions. And he said, uh, he's like, it's March, 2022 and NATO officially, you know, it was like timing wise. It was like very kind of weird how close it was. But then my friend pointed out that you can like edit YouTube videos, but it didn't seem to me that's what had happened. And I don't even know how like true that is. If you can edit YouTube videos that have been published, probably not, probably knows. I think um, I think you can like trim them. I don't think you can like add things in. I could be wrong. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, no, tough day for the cruise lines. Easy Mike says it's all travel. So, um, um, but why is Norwegian holding up? It, it, is this a question of uh, like Russian exposure, like to these companies? Is, is that I don't know. Like, what, why would Norwegian cruise lines be green? It's up one. Well, well, here, let's just go. It's not green today, but it's if you if you go back to Thursday, it is outperforming RCL and CCL dramatically. So it's green going back to Thursday. It's not green today, obviously. But um, is there a reason for this? I don't know. That's weird. Um, and then I also wanted to – I was going to mention this earlier, but I, I forgot when we had uh, uh, Matt on the show at 1230 talking about you know investing in in countries that are free – and are good. There actually is an ETF that does this. Uh, the ticker is FRDM. It's the Freedom 100 Emerging Markets ETF. Um, I, I'm, I've been wanting to get uh, Perth Toll, the woman that created this uh, index, uh, on on the show. I haven't haven't done it yet, but um, this ETF actually they invest in emerging markets, but they exclude. Markets that are not free. Oh, so can you like, go, can you pull up VXX real quick? We yeah. are approaching new high of the day. New high of the day. All right. Um, I also want to talk about uh, some other ETFs for a second. I want to talk about some Russian ETFs. I talked about them this morning. RSX, RSX, and I want to talk about RUSL. Uh, but VXX, new high of the day. Interesting. Right there. Yeah. Let's so, see. Let's see. Let's see. I, I want. I want to watch this chart for a second because I do think this is a good. So, so wait. Just to be clear, and uh, I will admit to not have the best understanding of this. The VXX is uh, an exchange traded product. It's an ETN, so it's like an ETF, but not. And it, the the ETN itself, the VXX product, it holds short term VIX futures. Right. So. Yes. So, and as opposed to like owning long-term VIX futures, it holds like. So I'm wondering, like, are, does anyone know? Is are there like rollover effects? I would imagine there are, right? Because they have to. Yeah, that's why the thing goes down. It's funny you're asking about this, Spencer. Because here, let me share my screen real quick. And yeah. I did. I put this link in our document, and, and we can look at it. Um, but Bloomberg wrote uh, or published an article about um, the increase in assets flowing into leveraged. And inverse ETFs. Uh, can you wait? I'm sorry. Say, say that again. It, it's, so Bloomberg di- wrote an article, yeah. did a report on basically it's called Wall Street's risky razor yeah. blade trade is making a comeback for a while. I've never heard of the term razor blade trade, so you're gonna have to fill me in here. Um, well, they, as they explain in this article, they uh, or at least one like institutional investor says, I would implore everyone who's trading 
leveraged ETFs to understand that you're reaching into a drawer of razor blades. Okay, um, makes sense. So yeah, um, as you can see from this chart here, this shows in blue, you have ETFs that are inverse, in black are ones that are leveraged. Um, just the total amount uh, so the, of the, assets yeah, this held is, in this these. Is AUM. So yeah, hmm. um, but basically it, it talks about kind of the pros and cons of trading leveraged levered ETFs. Obviously, the pros you can make more money, make make that money quicker. The cons are that, um, which this was really interesting to me, which they explain in this article, that depending on uh, how like the daily price action works works out. Say I invest in TQQQ, which is a three times uh, levered ETF of the Qs, and the Qs are positive over a month, say up 0.5%, there's a chance that my TQQ position was actually down depending on, it's not just as simple as, oh, the Qs were up 0.5% over a month. That means that the TQQQ okay. would be up 1.5% three times that. No, it's not that simple. I, I, I'm glad you brought this up. Uh, starting, I believe, this Friday, we're going to be having a recurring segment on this show with Direction ETFs. Direction is the provider of uh, one of the major providers. Uh, there's a few of leveraged products of leveraged ETFs and inverse ETFs. And we're going to, just like we do with Trade Zero, where we do like a segment all about shorting, we're going to do a segment all about leverage and, and, and inverse ETFs and how to use and how they work. Uh, I believe we're going to start this Friday at, um, I, think I, I think I have it on the calendar of like, one o'clock, I think. Um, so we're going to have Dave Mazza from Direction on this show every week to talk about this because it is complicated. And I feel like a broken record because we say it all the time. But if you're trading these, they are meant to be used, first off, as trading instruments. Second, understand what Aaron just said, that it is it, just because the fund, the name of the fund says, oh, it's a three times leveraged product, it does, not, does not mean necessarily that, that you're going to have three times the returns. Um, and that's why if you pull up a chart of the VXX, as I just did, a long-term chart, this is a bit of a different different beast, but um, the long-term trend is down because there are rollover effects. And there are similar types of long-term headwinds on when, when using leverage, right? So these are not meant to be used as long-term long instruments. They make that abundantly clear in, in, the, in, in the, the materials. Um, but if you have questions about, no, they're honestly not. They're not scams. They're really not. They just have to be used used correctly. If you use them wrong, then yeah, you're gonna lose. You're gonna lose money. But they exist for a reason. There are they 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 can work for you if you use them correctly for short term trades only. Yeah, um, and I'm just gonna pull this up one more time, Spencer. The reason why I thought it was interesting. Uh, that we were talking about the VIX is because they actually, which I didn't know this. Let me try to find it real quick. Yeah, they talk about the VIX here. Uh, 2018, the velocity shares VIX uh, or the VIX short-term note, the XIV, melted from nine or almost two billion in assets to 63 million in a single session, known as. Wait, the I'm sorry. Say, say two million. Two billion. Two billion to sixty-three billion. No, yeah, no. Yeah, oh, that, that, that's the, that's the uh, uh, what's it called? The, um, the uh, volpocalypse. That, that's yeah, what that's Vol what, Volmageddon. 
Uh, whatever. Yeah, it's right here. It's yeah. right there. Two, two billion in uh, 63 in a single day. So yep. essentially, people were buying the inverse short term, basically shorting the VIX, saying, okay, markets go up over time, VIX goes down. And then there was a day in February 2018 where markets were volatile, the VIX I, went up. I remember and it, that day. Yeah, and it was crazy. Um, but uh, you're putting these instruments in the hands of anyone, essentially, says Robert Whaley, a finance professor at Vanderbilt University who created the VIX in 1993. So this guy just made the VIX up in 1993. Like I thought it was some like hundred year old, no. Uh, no. <laughs> you know, indicator of fear in the markets. No, this guy from Vanderbilt just made it up in 1993. We should get him on the show um, to talk about the VIX and why it's important. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, essentially, bottom line, uh, leveraged and inverse ETFs, fun, useful, but you got to be careful. You got to know what you're doing. All right. Well, let's let's table this conversation. We're gonna come back to it um, in a second. Uh, but we we are we do have our last guest of the day here right now. Erez Rafael, the CEO of Dario Health, uh, and um, this is a company that is in the Benzinga ecosystem. They had news today. We always say, hey, if you have news, please tell us. And this company was like, hey guys, we we, we have news today. We announced a partnership with uh, with Sanofi. So let's get Ares on the show right now, give him the special intro, and uh, find out what this news means for the company. You're gonna give him the special intro. Ares, welcome to the show. How are we doing today? Thank you, Spencer. Thanks. Amazing uh, intro. Thank hey, you very much. Hey, we worked very, very hard on that intro. It took the best designers in the world, right? Countless hours you don't even know. So anyway, tell tell us about the news here. As I mentioned, uh, it was a, you guys announced a partnership with Sanofi today. Um, explain yeah. what, what the partnership means for you. Yeah, so... Um, uh, first of all, it's big for us. I mean, um, we are $150 million market cap doing a deal with a $130 billion company. Uh, and I think it's a big news for us and also big news for the industry. Uh, digital health and digital therapeutics is evolving industry. Uh, there are a lot of companies out there, especially on the private market. And Sanofi uh, literally said today that uh, they're looking into this space they want to be part of this space. They believe that healthcare is going to be uh, dominated uh, in the future by digital health companies and uh, by consumer centricity and, vi and virtual health. Uh, and uh, they made a decision to make a strategic partnership with us. Uh, in practice, these strategic partnerships would get us $30 million uh, that should be recognized as revenue in the next few years. So that's positive number one. Positive number two is that uh, Sanofi are going to commercial our, uh, our platform, which means that we are getting uh, uh, many multiples of uh, sales power on top of what we already have, which means that this is something that should uh, uh, contribute to the top line also from that perspective. So what, what is your platform exactly? The platform is a, a chronic condition management platform. The company started with diabetes only expanded into hypertension, uh, weight loss. Recently, we did uh, three acquisitions to get into the musculoskeletal space and the mental health. So today, Dario is one of the most comprehensive digital therapeutics platform in the world. It means that we have our own medical devices. We have our own software platform with software application. And we literally help users in between the doctor visits 
to get uh, care for their chronic condition 24-7. That's what we are doing, and we are helping people improve their clinical outcomes. Um, so the way to think about us is uh, a solution that is promoting health in between the doctor visits. Uh, from a financial profile perspective, the way to think about us is a software company that is uh, operating as a SaaS, software as a so service company in the healthcare space. That's the way to think about Dario. So Sanofi is basically going to market and, and sell your, your, your platform. Yes, yes, uh, that's yeah. the that's the main uh, that's the main agreement. There is also elements that related to uh, knowledge transfer uh, to data, elements that related to integrating specific specific pieces of Sanofi technology that might be related to insulin delivery and others into our platform. Which means that we will be uh, a kind of uh, the digital platform, digital vehicle in order to uh, deliver their products as well in a digital way to patients uh, in, uh, in the States and at some stage also in the rest of the world. And then who, who are they selling this to? Yeah, so um, Dario today is selling mainly to self-insured employers and to health plans, insurance okay. companies. Sanofi have uh, years of years of relationships with uh, insurance companies and health plans in the in the United States, and Sanofi are going to focus on this channel for us. We we do our, have our own salespeople that are selling into the health plan channel, but Sanofi are going to focus on this channel, which is the most uh, important and biggest channel that there is out there. And we believe that with their relationship, with their understanding of the market, with their understanding of uh, value-based uh, care, uh, and in a combination with a very strong technology that we bring, we believe that uh, uh, this is something that should um, um, push ourselves uh, intensively in the next few years. You, you call yourself a digital, a digital health company. Um, what exactly does that mean? Yeah, it means that... Um, and then... And, 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 this is a very good question because uh, we see kind of, uh, you know, in, the, in, the, in Wall Street, people are uh, getting confused between telemedicine and telehealth to what we are doing, which is digital health and digital therapeutics. So uh, everyone is talking about the virtualization of health. So the telemedicine company will try to scale up the capabilities of the doctors. So when doctor is seeing 20 people a day, 30 people a day, they will try to create a technology that uh, will help pay, uh, uh, doctors to see 100 patients a day. What we are doing is we are saying, hey, uh, there is a, a bigger problem in the, in the healthcare industry. It's a very healthcare professional centric. It's not user centric and it's not virtual. We need to make it virtual, digital and consumer centric, which means that we are helping the patients, not the doctors, the patients in between the doctor visits. We are giving them all the tools that they need in order to manage their chronic conditions. We are saying that eventually make, uh, uh, managing chronic condition is something that needs to be done by the patients in between the doctor visits. Otherwise, they will not be healthier. They will just rely on, uh, on drugs that they need to get uh, from the doctor every quarter, and they are not taking care of themselves uh, from a wellness perspective, from medication adherence perspective, and we are trying to help them. This is what uh, digital health and digital therapeutics means. 
uh, and, uh, and in, a, in, a, in a very, very practical way, if you look into the data that our system is generating, uh, patients are improving clinical outcomes and we are saving money to health plans. So if we are looking into uh, measures like hemoglobin A1C, which is the main measure to, uh, to track whether uh, people with diabetes are managing their disease, we are improving all these uh, parameters and we are showing literally savings uh, for health plans uh, and self-insured employers in the U.S. That's uh, the practical thing of being a digital health company. Uh, so aside from Sanofi, you know, selling your technology, are there other potential synergies down available down the road? Or and yes, also- absolutely, absolutely. So uh, Dario Health is, uh, is is a company that was established in a global mindset. Uh, If you're looking on the platform, the platform is like uh, speaking seven different languages. It was cleared by the FDA. It was cleared by the TGA in Australia, and it was cleared by the CE in Europe and Health Canada. In other words, uh, we are one of the only companies out there that is is not just multi-condition, but also multi-region and multi-territory, which means that Sanofi as a global company can at some point take it to Europe or to China or to other uh, territories. That's another way to collaborate in the future. Um, and another uh, um, way to, to collaborate is, in fact, uh, uh, expanding the, the, the offering capabilities by integrating pieces of technologies together, which is something that we are planning to do. So that's another big advantage to this partnership. And I think that there, you know, that there is an obvious thing that, uh, that the market is asking today. I mean, with all these uh, medtech uh, companies getting the hit in the market, uh, and growth companies that are burning cash, I th- that's something that is concerning investors. And I think that this is also big news for Dario from that end, because alongside with the deal with Sanofi today, uh, that gives us uh, 30 million, we also uh, raised $40 million, mainly from our existing shareholders that are supporting the company for the last few years. And if you are looking into our balance sheet, at the end of Q3, we had $51.3 million on the balance sheet. Uh, if you consider a potential $30 million in revenue that we're going to get from the deal, plus $40 million that we raised today, plus a potential equity investment by uh, Sanofi later this year, um, I think that our company is very, very well funded, which is a concern that we wanted to remove uh, from the market. And this is why we also raised money alongside with the Sanofi deal. So uh, it's uh, we, we are we had a very we, we have a very positive day today. Erez right, Raphael, the CEO of Dario Health. You can see the chart up on the screen with the ticker. Erez, thanks for coming on Benzinga Live today. Thank you so much. Thanks. All right, uh, let's go back quickly to the conversation we were just having about just the ETFs, and I just wanted to. I'm, I, I went on this rant this morning, and I'm going to bring up the chart right now um, of of the. Uh, well, there's two charts. Okay, let's start with, we were talking about direction and leverage funds. So RUSL, uh, let's be absolutely clear about what's happening here. Okay, RUSL, the fund is being liquidated. How do I know this? Because direction literally said so. They have a press release. I'll go, I have a uh, news feed here for press releases. I'll do a search for the ticker RUSL. You can do it in press release. You can do it in, in the Benzinga Wire news feed. Uh, two press releases of interest here. Let me zoom in for you. All right. First one, 6.55 p.m. last night. Direction to close and liquidate 
R-U-S-L. Yes. As of the close on March 11th, the fund will cease to exist. It means if you have your money in this fund, um, you will it will be redeemed. You will see that balance in your account. Um, but the fund will cease to exist um, as of March 11th. Um, that's the first thing. The second thing is as of uh, last week, they were announced they're no longer accepting creations of its shares. This is very important, right? The creation redemption mechanism of ETFs, that's what keeps the price in line. That's what keeps the price of the ETF in line with the price of the holdings, okay? When you take away the creation or the redemption aspect of it, it means the price of the fund can do some really funky things as it pertains to the price of whatever it's, it's called the net, the, the NAV, the NAV, the net asset value, um, whatever it's actually worth, right? So call it fair value, right? Um, so this RUSL fund is is closing, and they're no longer uh, taking uh, create uh, create. They're no longer doing creations. What does that translate to? Well, w- one of the the um, the implications of that is this press release this morning. RUSL will be underexposed at market open. They put this out at eight thirty. They gave you an hour notice, an hour's heads up. If you're trading RUSL and you say, "Hey, RUXL, I'm buying this because I want two times leverage. I want." 200% exposure to the stuff that's in this fund. Well, as of this morning, you only got 111%, not 200% leverage. So you were underexposed this morning. Um, there's a whole lot of complicated plumbing here. The bottom line with RUSL, though, is the fund is closing. Let's go back to the chart here. Just understand that going in. Funds close all the time. Funds are are liquidated all the time. It's not unusual, okay? This happens every single week from across the industry um it is a little unusual though in spite of what's happening you know with russia and and the war in ukraine now um but we talked about xiv xiv liquid i mean that was crazy because it happened it went to zero in one day but um funds close all the time if you own rusl you just know you're going to get liquidated and you're going to get whatever the whatever the the price is at closing is going to be what you get in your account but um for all intents and purposes, I mean, it's over. The, the, this fund is over. Now, RSX is a bit of a different story here. Not a leveraged fund. Oh, my gosh. Look at this chart. Holy moly. It's ugly. So, not a leveraged fund. This is a fund that holds securities. It, it holds shares of Russian companies that list on the London Stock Exchange. Those London shares are they're called depository shares and they are based on the perform the performance of those shares is meant to mimic the performance of the shares of these corresponding you know shares of russian companies that trade in moscow now moscow stock exchange is not open today or yesterday probably tomorrow too so we don't really know what this fund, what the NAV of RSX is right now. It's a total guessing game. The market says our, uh, RSX should be trading at $8.89. That's where it's at right now. Um, if you are, and I saw someone uh, actually sent me this article from Bloomberg that apparently a lot of Korean day traders are piling into RSX right now. 
you're buying RSX, you're. I don't so know. They see, like they think it has good value. Because people, yes, it's human nature. People want a deal, right? You see the stock crash. Like why specifically Korean day traders? I wonder. I, I don't know, but it's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> you 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 see you see something that goes from twenty five to eight in, in a week, and you think, oh, or two yeah. weeks, two Facebook. weeks. Facebook's a great deal. I'm I'm getting a great deal here, but you may not be getting a great deal. Okay, you may not be. You and me and no one knows what the fair value, what the net asset value of this fund, it, what it should be. Because we don't know what the stocks are worth in the basket because the basket's halted in, in, in Russia. So I would absolutely not buy RSX now, frankly, ever, but now especially, okay? Um, it's at an all-time low. Everybody who has ever bought the RSX since, its, since inception in 2007, if you bought it at any point from that point on and you never sold, you are at an all-time low today. Don't buy stocks or ETFs at all-time lows, but also don't buy ETFs when the underlying market is frozen. It's frozen in time. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. I'm. Yeah, I would say the only flip, like, I'm not going to argue with that there. I would say the only... Shelly, don't even joke. I would say the only way I would like even consider playing this is buying some like ridiculous out of the money calls that are super cheap, like a year or two out, like say like a hundred bucks, and saying okay, if everything, if this de-escalates tonight, this hundred bucks could turn into five thousand, you know, whatever. Maybe there's like a risk reward play there where. Um, again, I'm not going out and buying this stock, but that's what that's a way that I would be interested. Just please in don't it. buy these RUSL. No, JDs RUSL is being liquidated in ten days. Okay, uh, it's not unusual for uh, funds to liquidate, but it means if you buy it, you're going to get your money back in ten days, <laughs> barring whatever the the thing does in the meantime. Um, please don't buy these guys. Please, there are so many other things to do with your money. Please don't buy this stuff. Like first off. Just from a, you know, uh, patriotism point of view, I mean, do, do you really want to support Russian companies? That's the first thing. Okay, I don't. Second thing is, just from a money point of view, you could lose all your money that you invest in these things. We don't know. Yes, JD is. It's not quite panic. I'm sorry, I'm panicking. I, I I would be panicking if I if I owned these, but I don't, and I nor would I ever buy them, because um, again. Who wants to own Russian companies and and this is a this is a crazy the these the, the these ETFs are effectively broken right now. That's what you should they are broken instruments. We do have VIX hitting uh high of the day. If you, you if you want to buy a broken instrument, have fun. Okay? It worked out for you, I guess. If you bought oil the day oil went negative, but it really the problem with that with that comparison though was not everyone not everyone could buy oil the day. Actually, yeah, that, that was the issue. Uh, the day oil went negative was that 
was that uh, you couldn't really buy it. Um, only some people were, were allowed to buy it, which is uh, part of the problem. But um, again, the oil market broke that day, and that was a great buying opportunity. If you went out further along the futures curve or you bought USO or whatever. But these instruments are broken, and they will remain broken as long as Russia is at war with Ukraine. That's, that's, the fa- that's a fact. So there you have it. Okay. We're done looking at that. Um, but yeah, it's just it's insane right now. Uh, real fast before we hop off, we've got 10 minutes left, Aaron, and I wanted to quickly look ahead to tonight slash tomorrow morning. Um, here's the calendar, the earnings calendar. We are still in earnings season. This is kind of, this is, this week is it. This is kind of the last week of earnings season, the last relevant week. There will be some reports trickling in next week. Uh, Nike is always super late. I think they're reporting in a few weeks. Um, but this is kind of the last big week for earnings reports. So we're going to get AMC tonight, which, by the way, we will be streaming on our channel. AMC tonight. Playboy is also tonight. And PSA, we're going to have the CEO of Playboy, Ben Cohn, on Benzinga Live Woo! tomorrow at noon. SoFi is tonight. I know you all care about that. I care about, you that. Care about that. No, honestly, I don't. Let's be honest. I don't care about that. I'm interested from a long-term perspective. I will read the press release and I, you know, will look at the statements a little bit. But um, I, what they say, I mean, unless they come out and say something drastic tonight, then I. Yeah, you're still a shareholder for the long term, yes, no matter what. Yes, Nordstrom is tonight. Uh, Salesforce is probably the big one of tonight in, in terms of like. "Quote unquote, like big boy stocks, Salesforce is a big boy stock, Ooh, or yeah. a, a big girl stock. So they they report tonight. Um, CRM has been pretty quiet the past uh, past few weeks. Uh, let's we can pull up that chart in a second. But uh, Salesforce and where was I going with that? Uh, the rest of the uh, the the rest of the calendar. So so raw stores, uh, first solar. Oh, Dutch Brothers. That's an interesting report." Is it, this isn't their first report, right? I don't think no, so. No, it's no, not. Second it's or third. It's got to be the third or, third or fourth by now. Uh, tomorrow morning, Abercrombie & Fitch, Dollar Tree, PaySafe, Dine Equity, Arrival, Donaldson. Man, okay, so you want to look at the Salesforce chart, so let's go there right now. I just looked at it the other day, and it hadn't really, like, there were other stocks in the, in the, in the same space that were moving a lot, whether it's Asana, Monday.com. Whoever in Salesforce had kind of just been been hanging out, or maybe not even hanging out is the right way to describe it, just kind of trading with the overall tech market, it seems like. Where, where do I get that pick, Andy? Why? Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll Slack you a link, but also that, that calendar. Was, Slack. Uh, I'll, whatever. Andy, why? I'll send you a message in YouTube right now. Um, but speaking and, of Slack. But, and speaking of Slack, right? Salesforce. Um, this calendar gets tweeted out every single week. Um, from the Benzinga YouTube account, like every or a Twitter account. What am I saying? I can't talk. Uh, usually every every weekend uh, during earnings season. You can also go into Benzinga Pro and just find the calendars. I'll just show you. If you have Benzinga Pro, you go to the calendars widget, like I'm, I'm at right now. You can make sure you're on earnings, and you can see all the earnings reports for, for today, for example. But I, I just put the link to that in, in the chat, Andy. Um, so speaking of Slack, because Salesforce owns Slack, this is a forever chart. All-time chart of Salesforce, but let's go to a daily chart. It's more relevant. Um, it's great. It's a great company. It's a great business. I mean, it's, it's, Salesforce is the king of these SaaS businesses. Now, 
one of the problems of being being the king, being the biggest, is you, you, there are there are smaller companies that are growing faster than you. We know Wall Street loves its growth, although not right now at the moment. Um, I've always loved the business of Salesforce. I've never owned the stock before, and I wouldn't buy it now because they report tonight. Unless you want to take just, just a yellow trade. Um, Should we yolo it? You want to yolo Salesforce? The thing is, you are right though. It it doesn't it doesn't have a very high beta. It doesn't really move a lot. Yeah, it's kind of like if you if you if you can you overlap the queues on there. I feel like it's just been with the queues. I could be wrong. Um, I mean, yeah, there's a cor- there's a correlation, sure. Like when when all of tech. I mean, no, Salesforce is one of those stocks though that got hit. I mean, what were those highs back in November, twenty one? Or January twenty, whatever the highs were for Salesforce. A three eleven looks like the all time high is three eleven. Eh, yeah, so a little bit of a bigger drawdown, about a thirty three percent drawdown compared to the Q's, about twenty percent. But um, it, it is one of those high flyers that got beaten down, but not as beaten down as some of those names like Roku, Affirm, or, or any of those. Um, wait, I'm just catching up on the chat for one second. Hold on. I'll allow it. Uh, hey, yeah, maybe, guys, maybe I'm wrong on SoFi. I don't know. Uh, Zoom is interesting. The Zoom report was pretty bad, I thought. They, that they had lost customers. Yeah, I think losing customers is never a great sign. Um, their, their growth has fallen off a, off a cliff, off a literal cliff. Maybe Zoom can turn it around, but it's not their fault. Like, this is the thing that sort of, like, would upset me if I, like, was a Zoom shareholder is, like, it's not Zoom's fault that like three years of growth got pulled ahead to one year in 2020 and that for six months or a year, the stock was not, 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 not a year, but for eight months, you know, it became everyone's favorite stock. It's not their fault. They were in the right place at the right time, but they're paying the price for it in the same way that like it, it, it kind of harkens back to like the, 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 can- the cannabis stocks like CGC, right? for a while was like the only game in town not the only game but like the, they were the first big game in town it's not their fault that they were like the biggest cannabis um company in the in the uh, public markets and they're they're being punished for the fact that they were they were first um and the fact that they have now all this overhead supply in the stock and all these people that are underwater well, it should, it should never have gotten to 40 in the first place. But that's just exuberance, and it happens. And it happens it happened in Pot, and it, yeah, happen, and, 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 when and you, it when, happened in Zoom. When you have a tailwind, but almost like the tailwind, it, it's, like, uh, it's, like, it's like Icarus, right? The tailwind yeah. pushes you a little bit too close to the sun, yeah. and that's what happened with Zoom. We can see that here with maybe without that tailwind, they just stay on that steady climb that they were on before COVID. No. I still think, I mean... I, Sorry. No, go ahead. Shelly said she bought leaps on RSX. I'm telling you, there it's there's like a, a risk reward arbitrage there where if you spend like a hundred dollars and could potentially gain ten X that off of also the only way that that works out is if we get de escalation, then it's like a win win, right? right? You don't get World War Three, your leaps hit, and it, it just there's a to me. I see the risk reward in that. I'm not going to go out and like buy common share in that because I would rather, and the way I see it, and this might be flawed logic, I would rather put $100 in like a bet like that 
to where I know it's either like zero or going to, you know, 10x versus if I buy $100 of common stock, I'd just be watching it go down every single day. It's not fun. Yeah. All right. I mean, good luck with that one, Shelly. I, I don't know. I don't know how to work out for you. I don't even I don't even know when I'm assuming. Well, I'm assuming we'll know by expiration, but that's a year from now. So I don't even know when this thing will get resolved. Also, I do hate the like I feel like like obviously like Russia, you know, we're right to be critical of Russia and what they're doing here. But to act like Jeez. we're like huge, big mortal enemies of Russia when they're like one of our biggest trading partners, we import like so much oil from them. Like, don't get you wrong that like cutting off all business relationship with Russia, it'll have negative impacts on us, too. Not if we re- release those reserves, baby. Get those reserves going. We're already releasing them. Yeah, give, give I mean, me more. shit. Let's just start fracking in Texas again. Heck yeah! No, let's not do that. Exactly. <laughs> let's not do that and say we did. All righty, that's a wrap for us here on Benzing Live. The roadmap is live next. Is Elon Musk joining Bordet Yacht Club? Question mark. Is he? Is he? Question is mark. He, is he? Is Question he? mark. They will break it down. Wait, before you end the show, can I make sure the the redirect is? There? I, I already checked. Okay, cool. I'm, I'm five minutes ahead of you. All right. Cool, cool. All right, everyone. Smash that like button. Hey, check out Benzinga Pro. There's a link to a discount code in the description of this video. Gets you 25% off. Do it now. Smash the like while you're there as well. We'll catch you guys tomorrow. The roadmap is live next.